Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot Show. I am the host, Brandon. It is Thursday, so know what you're thinking. That means I must have a friend on. And I do. In honor of Women's History Month, I'm... I've invited an historical woman to be on the show. <laughs> it's my friend from Portsmouth way back in the day, Casey Smith. How are you doing, Casey? Hi, Brandon. I'm doing good. How about you? Good. I'm glad you gave me your best podcast voice to start <laughs> off with. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm a historical woman, yeah. but um, I'll take it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I only just found out it was like Women's History Month like uh, yesterday or the day before, so I was like, oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, we're making history right here. Y- yep. Every <laughs> single day, everybody's making history. Isn't that right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely right. perfect um this came about pretty quick because i just invited you on like what last week yeah last yeah. week i'm totally unprepared yeah perfect i'm always unprepared every time i push record i have nothing prepared for anything <laughs> <laughs> i have like an outline i'm like what was that about i don't remember what exactly i was supposed to talk about there nothing we talk about nothing and everything yep. all at once yep that's mm-hmm. what it, uh, i know a lot about everything but nothing about everything mm-hmm. so that's basically what this podcast really is is that and brandon trying to figure shit out yeah yeah, yeah. same yeah. always trying to figure shit out yeah so uh we go back God, probably a decade now. How old am I? I'm 32. So probably roughly around then. See, I would know you before you would have met me just because you would play music at Port City and I'd be a patron at Port City. And that was back when you had your fun haircut and all that mm, fun stuff. When I was still punk rock. Yeah, very punk rock. I was like, you look like you should have ate like 18 packs of cigarettes a day and had that <laughs> voice was like, yeah, yeah. It's called Anarchy on Gallia Street. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, now now the look I'm going for is witch hair. Um, yeah, I'm trying to be a witch grandma, essentially. You know, like people come by the cave, they mm-hmm. see what you're up to, they stop by for some advice or something, yeah. and then they leave. And They look for sage and stuff Yeah, they like look that. for sage yeah. and maybe some magic mushrooms around the oh, corner or something. Yeah. Not in my cave, of Aww. course. It's a very <laughs> safe cave. That's what I have. I have my reading chair over there. Mm. And I sit there, I open the door, and I just let, like, the youths of the area come in and ask for advice. And I, I don't talk. I just let them talk it out. <laughs> and then eventually I put my book down and I say something very otherworldly. And they're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am now wiser for talking to Brandon. Yeah, hopefully they don't <laughs> uh, poison you with hemlock for corrupting the youth. Ooh. Uh, Could be a thing. Socrates, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> corrupting the youth. Yeah, it's true. The witch cave, the reading nook. We're all corrupting. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. So you're still playing music. We're always, that's what I finally got my pedal board. Well, I don't have the pedal board officially done. It's just lying on the floor of pedals. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm working on now. But you are still playing music. Yeah. You're in a band called? Gas Station Baby. Gas Station Baby. Mm-hmm. Please tell me more of the story about <laughs> Gas Station Baby. Yeah, Gas Station Baby. Yeah, we've had a couple of names over time. Our, our most recent name was Ty Ducker. Okay. And which is like what happens when a tiger and a duck fall in love oh. uh, yeah and they have a baby it's a tie ducker mm-hmm. and people were just like they couldn't remember our name or yeah. it was just too obscure <laughs> for them they're like a tie duckin yeah. is it, or turducken isn't yeah. that food <laughs> so we were like i was kind of like noodling on like what matches our personality what we do our authenticity all of that and for forever i've thought i should write a song about gas station baby because i'm actually a gas station baby i was born at a gas station um so that's when we were like oh that's gonna be a great band name yeah um so yeah way back in 87 i lived in meg's county i wasn't born yet mm-hmm. um i i from meg's county so there was um no hospitals in the county at the time oh. um so uh, i was actually the only baby born in meg's county that year oh. uh it was 3 a.m my mom was going into labor and my grandma and her were trying to drive to the hospital uh she makes it to the super america in middleport mm-hmm. ohio and um 
she's there in a Datsun. A police officer is there, and I'm delivered by a police officer in a Datsun. Um, <laughs> so that's how I became a guest. So I wasn't born in the gas station, but outside the gas station in the car. Maybe the same car I was conceived in. Hmm. Maybe. Unclear. Have you ever? Have you ever asked? Um, no, she she was not forthcoming yeah. with the information, but I did. Um, so um, my mom and dad have both passed now, but uh, I met the. I actually had breakfast once with the officer who delivered me, yeah. which was really wonderful. <laughs> and I was asking him like, what he remembered about my mom from that time, and he's like, I just remember her being really pissed about the gear shift being in her back. <laughs> And then she wouldn't get in the ambulance with me until she smoked a cigarette. So um, a true Appalachian story right there. Yeah, very Appalachian. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what my uh, friend Lady Erin asked me to talk more about the Appalachian experience growing up. Because I guess she watches some uh, lady on Instagram who talks about it all the time. And she's like, oh, it's really great. I don't have a great connection with it. Like, I don't think I sound like I'm from there. I, you know, musically I can pick up a lot of things there. But that's really just about it. Like, growing up, it was... I guess it was like you're so far in the forest you can't see the trees. Like understanding what's Appalachian mm. and what's not. It's just everything was normal. Yeah. So like um, I don't really understand like the parts of it. Like the trucks, the hats, <laughs> the oh my God. yeehaw-ness of it. Yeah. And also the rebel flag. I never understood that because they're on the wrong side of the line on that yeah. one. But, but I mean I'm not trying to go political there. I'm just I'm going <laughs> geographical. Observational. <laughs> yeah, I'm being geographical because it's on the north side. But I you know I know nothing. But yeah. your music has always been in the Appalachian vein, correct? Yeah, it mm-hmm. it has. Um, yeah, I grew up around campfires and mm-hmm. um, learning to play guitar. I mean, before the internet, before you could teach yourself, before you had chord charts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like before, but like. Meg's County, Appalachia is a minimum of 20 years behind everyone. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, because you were literally born in a county with no hospital. Yeah, no hospital. I <laughs> That's don't, I, so yeah. weird. No hospital. Like, yeah, not, it's not like 1957. It's 1987. Yeah, 1987. <laughs> yeah, and and it's bizarre, and it's like the experience is so different. And mm-hmm. living here in Columbus, or not, you know, I live in Marysville now, but mm-hmm. living in the Columbus area for the last, um, I moved here in 2017, Mass, so six years. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very clear how out of touch with reality mm-hmm. so many people are and like the privileged folks here they don't they don't see it and they don't understand it like yeah. they don't understand how someone can live off of poverty wages mm-hmm. like 15 grand a year they don't get it yeah um that's what i always said like working at the pub like i made more than the median average of like a Scioto county person i didn't yep. make a lot it's not like i mean i live Living in Portsmouth, I made more than enough. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You were Portsmouth rich. That's yeah, I was, I, Portsmouth, I was yeah, very Portsmouth much Portsmouth rich. rich. Yeah. And, like, it's so weird. Like, I see, like, the medium income, like, I make more than that. That's so weird to think that I'm just, like, a bartender at, like, you know, a mildly successful place. Yeah. And pff, that was so weird. Like, yeah, then come up here and, you know, I make pretty good money now. So it makes me think, like, how do I even live off that? So yeah. I'm even starting to lose that touch that I had down there with, like, the idea of money, I guess, for that one. But now you're between jobs, correct? Yes. Ooh. It's magical. Oh, I it bet is it magical. Is. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. Like, I, growing up poor in Appalachia, mm-hmm. very impoverished family, a lot of, you know, things against you, I set out to use my mind and get mm-hmm. really educated. And mm-hmm. um, initially I wanted to go into art, and I was like, well, I'll never make money playing music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll be an English major. And then... One summer, and, and, you know, we're always all trying to learn who who we are, right? Mm -hmm. And one summer, long before I knew who I was, um, I let some guy ask me, 
well, well, what are you going to do with that? And then I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do with that? (laughs) Um, And I happened to be taking a business class at the time. So I switched my major to business. And I didn't have to study ever again because it was so easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, I know I can make money and get a degree with this. So because Mm -hmm. of how I grew up, safety and security Mm -hmm. became so important to me. So like like my goal was like, I want to get a six-figure job. I'll be happy when I get a six-figure job. (laughs) In spite of the science telling us that that is not true, I will will be the one. Um, So I worked this job at a startup, and Mm -hmm. I went from like being a product manager to – uh, communications manager, chief of staff for the tech org of like 200 people for a while. Um, and most recently I was a user experience researcher. So I was at this company for three and a half years and then they did layoffs and, um, I was laid off in a group of people on a, you know, a zoom call very coldly after three and a half years of being a very high performer, like called like a unicorn sort of thing. But like, I knew I had to leave there this year because mm-hmm. of that happiness element. Like yeah. no matter how hard I worked and, and how, how, how much money I made, I wasn't going to be happy doing that because it was against me and my soul. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I joke, it's like, yeah, now I, my, my soul's no longer being sucked out of my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's just yeah. a, it's a joke, but yeah. it's true. Like that corporate world mm-hmm. and chasing that paper and what it does to you and, when you start, you know, the, the CBT route, like the cognitive behavioral route or the Socratic method where you start saying, like, why? Like, why is money important to you? Why are you doing those things? Why are you striving for that? It's very flimsy. Mm-hmm. And you're not happy under underneath of it all. And, yeah, you realize what you have to do. So right now I'm learning to rest, which is really fucking hard. I, yeah. can, I can cuss on this podcast. Right? Oh, go okay, right. I yeah. My so. mom okay. complains about how often I curse. So. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I have that tr- girl has a yeah. dirty mouth. The only episode where the cursing is minimal is I had Devin on. Uh, Jan- is it- I always forget how to say her Janita? last name. Janita. Oh. Janita. Love her. Um, yeah, she was great, but since she's a school teacher, I really tried Dialed to. About. Yeah, just yeah. in case like somebody important in her world like decided to yeah. awesome. <laughs> listen. I'm like over here like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. yeah. I had like three or four probably. <laughs> and then I try because my mom asked me to, but mm. sorry, mom. Yeah, that's what usually what happens when I realize like, oh, I probably just dropped like four or five F ones yeah, in a row. Yeah, like, like what I just did. Yeah, sorry, mom. <laughs> sorry, mom. Uh, yeah. sorry about that. Um, no, the worst is I've I've said the c word like twice. Oh, yeah, and like yeah. it was. I love that one. Yeah, I threw yeah. it out. It was like I was talking sports or something like that. Sometimes when I start talking about soccer, I have a thing with my accents where whatever I talk about or whoever I'm around, I start matching like an accent. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. I have a story about being in Boston and um, I was in the lift going back to the airport and the guy who was driving the lift, he had a very stereotypical Boston accent mm-hmm. and I was talking with him and he at one point like, so do you come home often? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, what do you, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, do you come back to Boston mm-hmm. and visit often? I'm like, I've never been here before. This is the first time I've ever been here. And that's other like, you know, I used to like joke around like everybody does. They watch Goodwill Hunting or The yeah. Departed like once or twice. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to take a car down to Harvard Park and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So everybody does that. But yeah, he said that. And then, but I start talking like English soccer and all of a sudden C words were just like yeah. start popping out because I use that word like it's, you know. It's great. Yeah. It's a great word. But I said it, it was like, I didn't post the podcast for like the first, I think, five episodes and like just have like a backlog so, you know, people can mm-hmm. kind of follow along and also see if I was going to follow through on doing it. And, I said it and like it was I posted it, my mom came back like so I listened to your podcast. I'm like, okay. Just for warning, I do say the C word in like episode two or three or something like that. She's like, Oh, I listened to every episode. I was like, 
I live in a world where my mom's heard me say the C word. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it's like, oh, I have to live that existence for the rest of my <laughs> life. Yeah. But then it flew out again at another point. I'm like, good. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. There's only certain words I tried to avoid. Like my friend Taylor doesn't like the B word that much. So okay. I tried to avoid it the best I can. Uh, Same I thing. Lo- with like, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, some, yeah, I'll throw it out. Usually there's son of, uh, son of a front of it mm-hmm. i never just like throw it out there yeah and never to describe women or anything like that because it's just it's women's history month for the love of god i know oh, i love to i love to like kind of reclaim it like this bitch listen to what this bitch did and she's she's amazing this bitch and yeah. listen to what your girl this bitch did today um so yeah or yeah. or um at Nelsonville Music Fest, uh, I, I have been to that like eight years in a row. I missed last year. I was a little weird about it, changing mm-hmm. places, but I got to go back. Yeah. Um, but like me and my friends will yell like, hey, yo, bitch, like just <laughs> at each other. And it's like really gets your attention. You see, well, you have the one of the few luxuries, I guess, of being a woman in this world is that you can do that. Yes. As yes. a male, I don't get to have mm-hmm. that opportunity mm-hmm. to reclaim that mm-hmm. word. Unless you're hanging out with me and then it's totally OK. OK. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> awesome. I get permission. Yes. Permission. Um, yes. That reminds me of another story um, of, yes, you were there. It was, I don't know if you remember this or not. It was me, you, Dave, and Aaron at Frankenstein's oh, one Frankenstein's. night. Oh, Frankenstein's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great place. Mona's there again. That's what, I'll go down and visit, but, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I don't drink. And she knows that. So as soon as I come in, she just gets me soda water lime. And nice. then doesn't let anybody try to buy me stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, I run into friends like, oh, let me get you something. I'm like, Ugh, oh. It's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It's very frustrating. Are you still as well? Yes. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it was a night we were we were just like hanging out. I think we played darts or whatever, something outside. We go play pool. And then we're sitting at one of the booths. And it's me and you along the wall, like by the mirrors. Mm-hmm. And then it's Dave and Aaron to the outside. Me and you are talking. And Dave and Aaron are talking to this guy standing at the table. It's some white dude. He's super drunk. Uh. And eventually you kind of stop what we're talking about. I was like, do you hear what they're talking about right now? And I kind of look over and I start listening. And it's the guy at the table is basically giving his, like, impassioned speech about why it's his First Amendment right to say the N-word. And oh, he's not he's yeah. not saying N-word. He's using the word just open and freely. He's like, oh. it's his First Amendment right. And Dave and Aaron are being that very condescending but, like, invite, <laughs> oh, yeah. inviting you to dig your hole deeper type mm. of conversation they can do. Oh, what do you mean? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, huh. Like, explain <laughs> that to me. <laughs> just, yeah. like, so they can make himself sound even dumber. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, at one point, he just keeps saying it. And, like, oh, I'm getting yeah. extremely, like, irritated. I'm like, I don't want to be associated with this at all. Uh-huh. And eventually, that's the point where, like, I think Aaron and Dave even was like, I'm done with this. And I think it was Aaron said, well, it might be your First Amendment right. And it is. Like, you know, technically it is. But it's also my First Amendment right to say, shut the fuck up and get away from my table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. eventually Trish came over and I kicked the guy out because it was starting to bother us. So like, uh, yeah. But it, like that, it's like you have this idea that you can reclaim a word. It's uh, like, especially when you're not associated with that word. Yeah. Like I can't sit there and say, well, I'm going to normalize the N word. I don't Ooh. have that opportunity. No. <laughs> Never going to have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ugh. but yeah, just like the B word. Now I've been invited to say it. I still, <laughs> will, I still will do my best not to just because. Yeah. And I think like, like, those sort of situations give me really bad hives. And mm-hmm. I love how, like, Dave and Aaron handled it. But, like, yeah. I think that's a great way to handle it. Like, tell me what you mean. Yeah. Say more. Dig yeah. your hole deeper, sir. Yeah. Um, and I think that also speaks to, like, that part, like, Appalachia being so far behind mm-hmm. the rest of the world. And, yeah. like, um, like that white guy probably didn't, had never even met a black guy before. Yeah. Like, in, in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just don't know. Like, we're all fucking humans. Yeah. Treat it's, us with fucking humanity. Yeah, it's just, uh, mm, I just, uh, yeah. I get so, like, pissed. Yeah, I get worked <laughs> up about it. Yeah. I get worked. Like, so, like, 
the patience Dave and Aaron have to like do that. Like, oh. cause me, I'm just like, no, yeah. like, no, like I had people just kind of randomly throw that out to me. I'm like, don't just yeah. think that. So there's an old Bill Burr bit about that where he's at like a bar in Nashville and there's like a sports thing going on and Terrell Owens wants more money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he says like, oh, can you believe this guy? And the guy, he's like, well, you know what I think? And he like looks around. He's like, oh, it's like, you just know what's coming. And he's like, don't hot potato that word to me and think it's yeah. okay. And like, just think I'm cool with it. <laughs> like, yeah. I was um, once at, um, the stag bar in, ooh, yeah. in Portsmouth after they finally let women Moon in. in. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and I went there because <laughs> I was like, well, they they let women in. I've got to go see what this is about. This sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And it was. And <laughs> I, I went in and there was March Madness at the time mm-hmm. and, there was a white guy yelling the N-word at the TV because <sighs> that guy was going to lose him money. Yeah. And I was a very mouthy 20-something-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I got up in his face. And people like people were worried about my safety. And I had to be escorted out. Yeah. Because I, con- I confronted someone about yeah. their wrongness. Mm-hmm. But they were the hostile one. And I think it's like... That goes into the the corporate world too. There's there's this like these power dynamics, mm-hmm. and you have to do what someone says because or yeah or it's like this way because well that's this or, and it's it's so fucked up and it doesn't make any sense and it's mm-hmm. like why why are all those things that way and when you start getting down to it it's like because mm-hmm. someone said so or yeah see yeah. that's one of the reasons why I struggle to climb certain ladders yeah is because if you don't make it make sense I will not do it. Like it's like very much like if you can't make it make sense, then therefore it's a dumb idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like you want me to do it this way? Well, why don't I do it this way, which is easier? Well, I said so. Tough. My job is to make stuff as easy as possible. Yeah. Like it's as efficient as possible. Yeah. That saves money in the end or makes more money. Like, no, that's what we're supposed to be doing here as a, like a company. But yeah, yeah, if you can't make it make sense, F off. Yeah. There you go, mom. I had a boss who told me that I needed to be more agreeable. My my friend Grant asked me if told me that I should have said should I smile more too yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like I've I consider myself a professional troublemaker like mm-hmm. when I see something that's wrong I'm gonna call it out mm-hmm. and and that's like it's it's hard when you come from Appalachia and safety and security are so important to you and then mm-hmm. you also have that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. buried in there too like oh I don't deserve this I should yeah. be doing this. And then, and then, and then you start gaslighting yourself on top of these other people gaslighting you for things that don't even make sense. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, I feel like I sold my soul because I didn't know all those things that were truly important to me and more important than being safe or yeah. secure. Because, like a quote I heard recently that I love is, "I make me safe." Mm-hmm. Not these other motherfuckers. Yeah. Not the person who controls whether I have a job or not, or mm-hmm. the person who controls um, whether I get a gig or not. Whatever that is, mm-hmm. they don't make me safe. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they would stab you in the back for an extra penny. No yeah. problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> no so, problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just use you up. You're a resource. Mm-hmm. You're cattle. And yeah. it's, it's capitalism. Mm-hmm. Fuck capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the, when I worked at Red Lobster, that's what it, I started getting intensely depressed about working there mm-hmm. because one i didn't get to i wasn't allowed the opportunity to make money like i was the bartender but they made me do all the to-go orders and that's when doordash is hitting Ugh. and it's like so i'm mostly spending my time in the kitchen doing you know pickups that i don't make any money on mm-hmm. i have people who come to the bar and leave because i can't get to them and it's like i'm losing money doing this and yeah. it's kind of like well we just well you need to figure it out so <laughs> we, you, we don't have the budget for a to-go person i'm like yeah 
okay. Then eventually I was like, it took me like four months before I finally said, fuck this, I'm done. But for the last month, I was the best employee of all time. <laughs> like everything was stocked beyond like yeah. it had been forever. Everything's done. Like I am 10 minutes early. I'm leaving 10 minutes after my shift's over because yep. I'm making sure everything's done because I'm like, this is what you're losing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amen to that. Except that it was like my last week. Um, it's like one of those nights where I closed, but I opened the next morning. So I didn't restock the bar at the end of the night. I just go and restock in the morning because I'm there. And the bar manager's like, well, we got to do it at night. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm here in the morning. I'll just do it. He's like, well, no, we have to, we're supposed to do it every night. I'm like, why? yeah, fuck off. I'm not doing that. And yeah, I was why? like, <laughs> I walked away. I'm like, I'm in my last week now. Like, I like yeah. no, fuck off. I'm not, I'll just do it in the morning. Yeah. I had, like, a, I had a coworker who mm-hmm. um, was like getting ready to have a baby mm-hmm. and like, had it you know they were working her up until her very last day before she like she had a baby two days later yeah like that that does not make any sense why Mm -hmm. why yeah that so that shit can't wait Mm -hmm. what is this timeline for it's arbitrary it makes no sense yeah yeah that's what i remember it red lobster i realized i really should have quit when i started the first thing out of my mouth when I'd walk in the door was fuck off. Like, cause I was getting, I was so angry to be there. I was yeah. so pissy. Anytime somebody, it didn't matter. Coworker, manager, whoever, whoever came up to me first got fuck off. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, it, they're energy vampires. Mm-hmm. And then they like start to alter your energy and yeah. you're like, who am I? Yeah. Like the, the Saturday after, um, after I lost my job, um, my friends Kristen and Tori came mm-hmm. up and we went to Otherworld and then afterwards and it's like this the layoffs happened on Thursday and this is a Saturday and and I, I knew that I needed to leave the company this year so while yeah. I was surprised that it happened how it did like yay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways afterwards they were like you're so much better and I'm like that quick like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly like I just feel like so much relief and release mm-hmm. and when you're doing something that is not aligned to like your true north or your mm-hmm. like what you truly believe in and your values, you're gonna be at conflict yeah. the entire time. And that's what I thought. I'm like I'm yeah. a bartender, like corporate bartender. I grew up a very much a punk type of kid yeah. of like you know I don't fucking like corporations, blah no. blah. And that's yeah. what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. I did it for a year, and like I that's also when like I was really depressed. Like things like Brandon yourself five years ago would hate your fucking yes, class. and like just kind of like yeah. Sitting with it for so long, you know, my issue is always just action and then mm-hmm. also low self-esteem issues and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, just constantly beating yourself up. I quit the job and I almost thought about going back just because, uh. it, you know, my mom had foot surgery. That's what I use as the reason to, I'm going to quit. I want to help yeah. mom out a little bit while she's down there, while she's, you know, recovering. I use that as an excuse and then it took me a second to try to get another job. I started thinking, I might have to go fucking back to Red Lobster. Uh. Uh, it was rough. Yeah, but the only job I've ever lost was Bear Burger. And that's because we closed. Mm-hmm. So mine was different in that sense. I love Bear Burger. I actually really like working there. It was technically a corporation, but it was, we were different because there was only one Ohio store under the corporate umbrella. The one in the short north is a franchise, and I think it's still a franchise. So like we were the only one on the corporate umbrella, but we're different than the New York stores, which is a New York City place. So I lost that during covid because it was one of, and i didn't even know i lost it until my friend texted me he's like hey did you know bear burgers not reopening i was oh like my gosh. i'm like did not know that and he, oh. she's like yeah i texted nick who's our gm he's supposed to be on the show here pretty soon uh he said um she asked like hey are we coming back he's like i don't know i don't work for them anymore <laughs> i was like oh he was like yeah i guess we're done so yeah. i get sucked and then 
has like the height of COVID and is like, well, I'm not fucking doing anything anyway. I'm going to bed at 11 in the morning and waking up at six in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think like there, there's so much of that where we're like, Oh, Oh, well we, we have to do this. It's, it's, it's what we have to do. But, um, so I started going to therapy at the beginning of 2020 before everything shut down. Yeah. I was just like, you know, we, we take care of our bodies. I'm very into physical fitness. Why don't we do the same for our brains? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I have had this amazing therapist, Lily. And when I was grappling, I mean, I, I worked at this company for three and a half years and knew I needed to leave. But like when I called my sister and told her, she was like, Oh my God, thank God you finally did it. She's like, I thought you should have quit six months after you started. <laughs> I was like, that's probably right. Yeah. Um, but you know, you string yourself along for, for so much of it mm-hmm. and you, you start, you know, am I good enough? Should, can I get another job? Can mm-hmm. I do this? And, and my therapist asked me like, have you ever done anything like this before? Yeah. And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Like right after my mom passed, I was teaching at Shawnee state mm-hmm. And I always forgot that you taught us. Yeah, yeah, I taught that yeah. for seven years. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mm. loved it. I loved it. And I really wanted, like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a teacher. I loved it so much. But mm. they had, like, five different professors who either died or mm-hmm. retired. Yeah. And I kept being promised, like, full-time positions. And I never Got it. never materialized. Like, yeah. Just adjuncts. It's, I, I wrote a paper in grad school called The McDonaldization of Higher Education, <laughs> which is totally true. Yeah. Um, but at that time I quit, I had nothing lined up. Mm. I was living off 15 grand a year already from being an adjunct. I yeah. knew how to live poor. And I was like, <laughs> I'll just live off credit cards. It's fine. And I was fine. Mm. I, I did. I, I made it. I was okay. And yeah. here I am. And it's like reflecting like that helped be like, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like every time I get the job, it's always a month or two after it. I look back. I'm like, I like when I started Bear Burger, I had five jobs. Like, wow. I had been hired at five <laughs> different places. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's like it, I worked at Scully's for a day, mm-hmm. and then it's just not my vibe or not my atmosphere. It's too loud. It's just mm-hmm. it's not it's just not my type of place I would bartend, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be with the music and all that, but it's just such a different atmosphere. And there's EDM nights. I'm like, Blech. no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I worked there for a day. I'm like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I got a job at, like, a uh, temp agency that would, like, you know, if you wanted to work, like, high like functions or something like that you can like apply or like you know you can say i'll work that and go mm-hmm. to it then there's like bear burger i got hired at this place in powell i can't remember what it's called anymore it's a nice place but i was like yeah but every single one always want me to start at the bottom and like yep. when i interviewed with nick at bear burger he started talking about management like pretty quick yeah i was like perfect so i took that and then before like two months before uh we shut down i was told i was gonna be the next gm and nick mm-hmm. was gonna go to new york and then nick decided he wasn't gonna go to new york so they had like this new plan of me basically being the assistant GM of two stores to Nick while he is GM both stores. And like if he wasn't in the short north, I'd be there like that. And I was like, oh, cool. Then two months later, I was out of a job. And every time I tried to go back into the field, it was, oh, well, we just need servers right now. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I put in 10 years of this. I'm not doing like three or four more for you. So I'm yeah. like, yeah. So I jumped out. Now I'm in sales. which is well which means your soul will be sucked out of your butthole in a different way right yeah (laughs) it's like but i also like luckily with sales you can kind of just you know yeah the company gives you tools but you can just focus on what you do yeah like you know it's all about my numbers it's about what i'm doing and it's about what you want to do like if you want to work your ass off and make a bunch of money you can and Mm -hmm. or if you just want to make a living wage that Mm -hmm. gives you your free time yeah do that yeah that's my issue is like they'll set out goals 
like for each weekend. I'm like, well, it's not my goal for the weekend. But or sometimes like I'll hit mm-hmm. it. I'm like, well, I'm done then. <laughs> like, <you> just sit <laughs> exactly. back. It's like you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, we want thirty thousand. I'm like, oh, cool, I did that. Now you're gonna have two days of Brandon not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> or not trying as hard. Um, there's a podcast called The Happiness Lab. Yeah, uh, Dr. Lori Santos. Um, it was a free class through like Yale or Harvard, one of those, and then she made a podcast, and I really like it a lot. Um, she does like a lot of, um lessons of the ancients i'm a big i love stoic philosophy mm-hmm. um but there was one recently his, his name is simone but i can't remember but it was about like what's good enough for a job and like mm-hmm. why are we striving for things that are like so much more and th- there was this comparison to like in the 50s like nine out of ten people were religious mm-hmm. and today it's like much lower one yeah. out of three something something much lower yeah and there was this point where like technology should have made it so we were working less but instead, now we're working more. more so yeah. one of the theories is that, like, what happened is people replaced religion with work, mm-hmm. and now it's workism, and we get our sense of identity from work. Yeah. We get our sense of community from work. Like, everything is from work, and that's why, like, some of these millennials who are being laid off are having such a hard time losing their jobs because that was the, literally their, their life. life. Yeah. And and really, like, kind of the, the TLDR on the podcast is, like, find out what's just good enough so that you can make time for the things you love. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we all selling our souls and giving all our time away and giving our best energy to someone else to come home to our family and be dragon ass? Yeah. And that's very much what I've kind of grown into. It's awesome. Yeah. Like everything in this room has been bought in the last like year Mm -hmm. and like all that. It's like, this is kind of my, this is my space. This is everything, everything. Yeah. Except for the computer, I think. Yeah, I did something similar. <laughs> like, I basically like squirreled away money, saved up enough for a year so that I could quit my job. Yeah. Um, and then I like bought all the musical equipment I wanted. The only thing I, the only thing on my list I didn't end up getting, I wanted to get like a GoPro because I want to do uh, music, weird music videos. Yeah. I have this crazy idea. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, uh, basically, like you know, building up your your internal wealth, and it's not mm. items, right? Like that. That guitar, is it going to make you $5,000 happier? I don't know. What is $5,000 of happiness? I don't don't know. Who says? Um, But it's like it is going to bring me a certain amount of joy. And you have to build up those things so that you're not just selling your soul every day. Mm -hmm. Finding the balance has been very important like for a long time because I got my hair cut yesterday. And actually I was talking about with the lady who's cutting my hair. And she – mentioned about going to a wedding in October. I'm like, oh, my sister's getting married in September. It's like, yeah, I can't remember the last time I went to a wedding. And I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, it's probably like four years. Hmm. And that's been like, you know, for, throughout my entire 20s, mm-hmm. like work was my identity. Yeah. So it was like, I'm a bartender. I work Saturdays. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, no weddings. Yeah. No like, memories. You know, yeah, that's what the, <laughs> I remember. I never tried to be a dick. Well, I do. But at the same time, <laughs> um, sometimes when I'm trying to be sincere, I come off way too blunt and dickish same actually yeah yeah so like uh i went to a bachelor party for my buddy nathan and um he kept apologizing to me and i think my buddy jr um about because we weren't invited to the wedding mm. he's like you know you guys were like the two last people we cut and she's like she's like we have to have this many people at the wedding it's this number this number this number and like there's like 180 or something like that we were 181 182 he's wow. like you were the last two people we cut and i was like <laughs> i, I should have said like I wouldn't have fucking gone anyway. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. I wouldn't have gone yeah. anyway. And like, it was like, that's all I said. I didn't like say like, you know, because I work or and it was like, that's just, yeah. that's all I said. I was like, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. And I was like, it was like 10 minutes. I'm like, why did I say it that way? Yeah. <laughs> you want to say like, I work on Saturdays. Like, you know, 
it would depend on, you know, sometimes I could go, sometimes, oh, sometimes I had to have the opportunity to go some weekends, like, there's just no way I'm yeah. going, because it's $200 out of my pocket, and $200 in Portsmouth for a night is, like, you're living the fucking high life. The high life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I was doing the math the other day, I didn't go on my first adult vacation mm-hmm. until I was 30. Yeah. I didn't, take, I didn't take a week off of work until I was 30. Yeah. That is insane what what has been drilled into me and i think a lot of it too is like generational trauma Mm -hmm. going back to like growing up in appalachia like you gotta hustle you gotta Mm -hmm. get after it yeah why are you sitting still yeah yeah vacations were like just no that's not real that's what what's what rich people yeah it's like you do that once every like three or four years yeah oh no we didn't do that yeah that's like we (laughs) god i'm trying to think we went to the beach and i was like really young we went to the beach i was like 13 so it was like 10 years and then i think we went to the beach again you were rich then yeah <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah i was the um we never went on vacations i was mm-hmm. the ancillary kid on other vacations yeah which was really nice yeah yeah, yeah. and then i'm trying to think oh i lost my train of thought there oh uh, disney this... did you go to disney no never went to disney went to i disney? have no interest in going to disney yeah i went when i was like 18 yeah to be you know be an adult at disneyland yeah. oh adult vacations yeah I think my first one was, yeah, because there's a year at the pub where, but there's 104 weekend days a year if there's 52 weeks. I worked like 98 of them or something oh like that, God. where I took like three weekends wow. off a whole year. Yeah. And like that was because of like family functions or something like that. It wasn't like I took a long vacation. Mm-hmm. Like my first adult one. I guess I went one when I was at the brewery, but I just went with friends because they invited me. I was like, eh, sure, fuck, I'll yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the first one I ever planned myself when I went to Boston, and I was like 26, 27, yeah. maybe. And then I went to Asheville for a weekend. Like, everything's just extended weekends. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's all I do. Is like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere for a week. Yeah. Like, I'll go for three or four days, and I'll come back. Yeah. Like, I went to Boston, Asheville, same thing, and Minneapolis. And that's just about it. Did I take it? No, nah, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, Toronto. I went to Toronto last year. Yeah, we went to um, Ireland for our, like – honeymoon quote unquote like a year later we did that sort of thing and it was wonderful but like I started getting anxiety about being away I was like I need to go home I need to go to my home Mm -hmm. um and I think like part of that too is like my dad for instance would not sleep in any bed that was not his own yeah like so just like there was uh, there was like the we're too poor to go on vacation and I'm only sleeping in my own bed thing (laughs) like up against me yeah um so yeah yeah oh that sucks because other beds are great Especially across the world in Ireland, I want to go to England really bad. That's the plan. Is I'm trying to figure out how to plan this year because I found out I had two weeks vacation. Nice. I'm like, oh, cool. Excuse me. And then I was thinking about going to England, but I kind of want to do that before the end of May, but which puts me right up against a pretty hard time ga- like time limit. Plus, that's a lot of stuff to plan because the yeah. out of Columbus, you have to fly to like Atlanta, then to France, then to Liverpool. Oh. Which is, I want to go to Liverpool, not yeah. London or anything like that. Yeah. So that's like a couple different flights, a <laughs> mm-hmm. couple different countries. I'm like, uh, I don't speak French. <laughs> and then I want to go to Vancouver Island, but I want to go like way north Vancouver mm-hmm. Island where it's just like wilderness and like get a secluded yes. cabin and just spend like a weekend just away from everything. Mm-hmm. Like no phone, no computer, mm-hmm. nothing. And I'm just... Magical. Yeah, just out there just enjoying the elements. Yeah. And I talked about on the podcast this past week, I want to meet a bear. I want to get in a fight with a mountain lion. The bear that I befriended <laughs> saves my life. I, <laughs> I come back, I write a movie script, and that's where I make all my retirement money. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I'll watch that movie. Yeah. Jude Law would play me. <laughs> I mean, Jude Law is going to play Hook. 
Did you see that? And and like the tenth remake of Peter Pan. Oh my! I know. Yeah. No one's gonna come on. Get out of here. <sighs> like I, I'm so here. disconnected <laughs> from like Hollywood. Yeah. Because like it kind of just beat me down with remakes and superhero movies it's and all exhausting. this stuff. It's just it's I'm exhausting. exhausted of it. And yeah. It's like nothing original. Like so, my mom asked me if I'd watch the Velma show on HBO, oh, yeah. and I watched one episode. I'm like, I hate this a lot. <laughs> Which I guess is like across the board. It's like not like like I you know. Some people will hate it because Shaggy's black now and, uh, you oh know, Daphne so and stupid. Velma are people gay. Are stupid. I'm like, yeah, you know, people are going to hate that. I'm like, that's dumb, but whatever. And then there's also liberals. Like, there's literally, like, an underage kid getting shot by police in the first episode Jesus. and it's played off as comedy. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's – like, so it's like across the board, everybody did not like it. But, like, I'd heard <laughs> this theory that it was an original cartoon created and then – the execs were like, well, we, we can't do original stuff. We have to have an existing IP attached to it. Uh, so they attached Scooby-Doo to it. And there's no Scooby-Doo in the show. Jesus. So, so they, just, they had to put some existing IP wow. attached to it. I'm like, that's... Wow. Uh, have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? I have not yet. Okay. It's still so on the list. I, I feel the same way about you, about being exhausted by like mm-hmm. redundancy and media. But yeah. like that is the most original piece of cinema mm-hmm. I have seen in... A long time. Yeah. It's magical. I love it so much. And what I love about it, and I can't wait for you to see it. I'm, I hate spoilers more than anything in my mm-hmm. life, so I'm not going to say anything beyond my just opinion right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I will murder someone for spoilers. Yeah. Not literally murder, dear podcast world. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that, like, it's so weird and it's so strange and there's so many, like, forward-thinking things that, like, it's it got all kinds of, of awards and, mm-hmm. like older people are going to watch it being like, oh, I got a bunch of awards. Yeah. And their minds are going to be fucking blown. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be great. That oh, excites I, I me. I do love that. That was like the same probably feeling I got when I watched Parasite and all that. I'm like, this oh, is... Oh, yeah. I haven't it's, watched it's that all, yet. Yeah, oh, it's so But wonderful. I love Snowpiercer. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just watched Snowpiercer a couple weeks ago and not for the first time. It was just mm-hmm. like I was at my mom's and yeah. it was like first five minutes I see that song. I'm like, Oh, yeah, this so is what good. we're watching tonight, family. We're watching Snowpiercer. Yeah, don't get depressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how the world is. Yeah. Oh, it's it's. Oh, I love that movie so, it's so much. Good. Yeah. Um, it's so good. That's why I keep. I said that was probably my favorite movie of the, like last decade was Snowpiercer. Nice. But I watched Parasite. Now, same thing. I'm like, this is a movie that has no reason to win awards in like the Academy Awards and all that, just because like not so much what it's about, but I mean, it's all Korean made, it's all Korean actors, all this thing that usually Academy is just like, no, we're just going to stick yeah. with American stuff. And you saw that backlash with people who didn't like that. It, the funniest one was like, there's this really big hick dude who's just screaming about how the Joker didn't win and it's ridiculous. <laughs> and the, you know, he starts explaining what the Joker's about and he's always saying is everything that Parasite's about, which is classism and all this other fun yeah. stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, so you obviously didn't watch Parasite, <laughs> yeah. which is better. I, the Joker is a fine movie. It's just it's I like the King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, which is what that movie is a conglomerate of. Yeah, so I'm like, I like those movies way better. So I, I, I didn't like the Joker. I fell yeah. asleep during it. Yeah, honestly. so like I'm like it, it was a good. It was a I don't know probably a B B minus movie that's elevated by Joaquin Phoenix. It, yeah, that's yeah. what how I felt about him. Like yeah. you know if Joaquin Phoenix not in this movie, nobody would ever talk about yeah. this movie. It's just a pretty meh movie. Yeah, yeah, made to be forgotten. <laughs> like anything Eddie Redmayne done in the mid, mid 2010s. <laughs> oh, obscure. Anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, sorry. You get a sip of water. You're permitted to drink, mm. I suppose. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We Thank will you. allow I mean, it. you're in my apartment giving me permission to drink <laughs> exactly. my own water. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I do. You know, I just go around giving people permission. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what an old woods witch would do. Like, mm-hmm. you're allowed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so therapy. I got into therapy 2020 as well. Nice. nice. Yeah, which was yours preventative or was yours a last resort? Uh, preventative. Mine was last resort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that around the time you stopped drinking too? Or did you yeah, it was like, like a, it was a, a little under a month after I'd stopped drinking was when I reached out because like I was having like I was starting to have I never had panic attacks mm. and I was starting to get into that like this is kind of what a panic attack is and I didn't actually have a full-blown one until I had I went on like the worst interview I'd ever had in my life mm. like money's just being siphoned out I'm like yeah. I don't know what I'm doing I don't know where I'm going anymore yeah. like I am so depressed I'm so fucking out of it every single day yep. like I'm on a knife's edge of crying and just laughing all yeah. single day yep. long I'm like everything's gonna be fine or i I'd really want to throw myself in front of a train, which yeah. is what I told multiple people. I'm like, if I had motivation, I would walk down to these train tracks and kill myself. Yeah. Like, that's how bad I got. Yeah. But, like, I reached out and did that. So that was after a month. But I went on the worst one. I had two massive panic attacks back to back. Like, mm-hmm. I had one for, like, f- it probably lasts, like, ten minutes. I'm just, like, sitting there, like, I can't breathe. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I can't move. And then eventually I calmed down. I'm like, yeah. okay. And I took a nap. And then I woke up and I started, like, I applied for a job. And it had a stupid questionnaire that took 45 minutes to fucking fill out, which is the dumbest thing. If you run a company and you have questionnaires, <laughs> you are so fucking stupid. I think you should just give anybody a job who completes them because they're mm-hmm. ridiculous. Maybe they're, That might be what it is. They're trying to make sure you're not a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Just, serial killer screening. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's like, are you easily like t- are teachable? And also, will you just shut up and do what we tell you to do? That's really yeah. what they're looking that's, for. Yeah, that's all they want. Yeah. But, um... I did that, then I went to another job, and then they had another questionnaire. And it says, it was oh take about gosh. 45 to 50 minutes. And for some reason, just set me off. Mm-hmm. And for two hours, I sat in my bed, not able to move, and Aww. like barely breathing. Mm. Like, I can't, and I finally calmed down enough to call my mom. I'm like, I, I, I can't do anything right now. Mm. And I had like an emergency, like, session, all that. But yeah, it, I got to the point where I'm like, I can't do anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I finally got into therapy. And I finally started talking about things I'd never talked about with anybody because yeah. I knew that's one of the driving forces was I'm in the same mindset I was when I was 20 and I yeah. actually attempted to and stuff like that. And I never talked about it with anybody, never discussed it. Nobody really knew. Well, nobody knew or if they did, it was, I guess, something they could have assumed because I'm not talking about it. Because yeah. I also have that old school masculinity thing of... My feelings are my feelings. You shouldn't know what I'm feeling ever. Like, yeah. shut up. Yeah. Like, if you start crying in front of me, shut up. Suck it up. Like, I very much still have that in me. Yeah. Which I've learned to let go a little bit in the past few years. But I still have those days. I'm like, no. Stop, yeah. be- stop being a P word. I, I know exactly what you mean, actually, because my, my mother was pretty masculine. She... Um, she was gay. I say past tense because she's dead now. She would mm-hmm. definitely still be gay if she was alive. Right. It doesn't go away. <laughs> there, there are no camps that will yeah. get rid of that for her. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> um, oh, I've passed on now. I'm so glad I don't have to be gay anymore. It, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so like she like she instilled a lot of to- toxic masculinity in me. Like mm-hmm. I was like I had to play with cars instead mm-hmm. of Barbies, which is fine because you yeah. know I'll just cut off the Barbie's hair anyways yeah um or like you know like don't be the p-word or you know there's no crying or there's no emotions Mm. and when it's what I realized later is like I was using alcohol to deal with all those Mm. emotions and I put it together that like I had suppressed emotions Mm -hmm. and you probably had the same thing where Mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, now I'm not drinking anymore. All the emotions are just going to fucking come back full force. Yeah. All these things that I would start feeling that I would just like, okay, let me numb that with this drink is now like, now there's nothing to numb it. Now you Mm -hmm. have to like, now it's in your, now it's in your face and you're dealing with it. Yeah. So it it was like a month. Like I I always like anybody who's asked me about sobriety has asked like, you know, how long did it take you to feel better? I'm like, well, 
there's not really a timeline yeah. to it. It probably took me six months to get to the point where I didn't feel like crying every single fucking day. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So it took me forever to kind of get out of that mode. Like I said, it was three months before I felt comfortable talking to any, like outside of my therapist talking about my sobriety to people, which mm. some of it was I had certain friends who scoffed at the idea of getting sober. So annoying. So I'm like, I don't know. Like there's parts of me like, yeah, they didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah. Like, you know, the more forgiving side, which is what I try to do is more like understanding of why people feel the way they feel. Mm -hmm. It's just like, they probably didn't realize how bad off I was. Well, I was because like talking about it, I was drinking myself to sleep. Yeah. I was, you know, if I couldn't sleep, I would even after pounding like 13 beers, I would just go drive around until I tired myself out, which yeah. is putting others at risk, which mm -hmm. is the dumbest part of everything. And then coming back and I'd sleep two or three hours. It was like I was drinking that much just to get myself to sleep for four hours. Yeah. And then just be up wired all day long. Yeah. And then just doing it repeatedly and I was like just losing it. But yeah. then I also, then the negative side of my brain thinks like, well, they know how like kind of a mess you are mm -hmm. and they want you to be that. <laughs> so they can feel better about themselves, which is, yeah, which is, a, yeah. yeah, which is right. not true. It's just like, especially that negative side of the brain. Yeah, that your takes brain, over. your brain tells you all kinds of weird shit. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and I start arguing with scenarios in my head. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, fuck them for thinking that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that Brandon, yeah. <laughs> you thought it in your brain. <laughs> Seriously, whose, whose voice is that? Whose yeah. voice is that? That's what I have to ask sometimes. And I think like we get so caught up in that mm -hmm. and like, or like hearing attachment styles are so important and like mm -hmm. hearing your mother's voice or your dad's voice and you're like, you were wrong actually. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of generational trauma we're mm -hmm. all dealing with here. Mm -hmm. um, and and your, your brain will fight against you. And so like what I'm learning to do now is like get in touch with my intuition. Like my body forever told me I le needed to leave my company, but my brain was like, oh no, like mm -hmm. blah, 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 bullshit, gaslighting, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's a it's a thing. Yeah, I I stopped drinking in 2018, mm -hmm. right after we got back from Ireland. Not because I got too drunk in Ireland. <laughs> that wasn't why. But we came back. Got kicked had, out of Ireland. Got kicked out of Ireland. <laughs> came back. Had a um really wonderful Halloween party with like mm -hmm. little kids, and I was mm -hmm. dressed like um I was um a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was dressed like a wolf mostly, but I, like the kids really loved it when I chased them around and they were like screaming and laughing it was really fun and I was like you know what like maybe I want a little one of these mm -hmm. so I was like well let's just test the not drinking thing to see without and I'd already done like a trial mm -hmm. um like a 90 day thing before um and so I stopped drinking I was like fuck I do not want to have a baby but I love being sober <laughs> yeah I, I just felt like I had more clarity mm -hmm. I was more creative mm -hmm. I slept better it was just magical in so many ways for me and I never want to go back yeah because I I feel better mm -hmm. and so for me let's see my mom passed away in 2013 mm -hmm. and last year so it's 20 2022 like not even 10 years later I went through a period where I was crying every single day mm -hmm. and it was like, what the hell is going on? First, there's no timeline to grief. Yeah. You, you know that just as well. I do. Mm -hmm. No timeline to grief. And second, like alcohol suppresses so many emotions. So oh, I yeah. feel like it was like the first year I was like learning who I was again. Mm -hmm. Like who am I under all these things that alcohol wanted me to do? Because it's the only thing that penetrates your blood, blood, brain membrane. Yeah. And you literally are don't remember shit. Yeah. That's scary. That's fucking scary. Mm -hmm. Like, do you not want to have control? Like, the only thing we can control is ourselves mm -hmm. and our mind and our actions and our reactions. So why would we put alcohol on top of that to yeah. just make us big <laughs> dummies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I never thought, like, yeah, like, the amount of emotion, especially grief and stuff. Because I even had, like, I almost had a moment last night, like, 
I have the tattoo on my arm. It's a letter from my dad. Oh, that's, that's the last awesome. the last line. If you can stay as you are, you always make me proud. Love, Dan. Oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm crying. Yeah, but it's like the last line of a letter, and um, I bought. I have a frame over there. I was gonna frame it. And I'm like, mm. oh, you know, I've been meaning to do it for years. Ever since my sister gave me the letter, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna frame this. I'm gonna hang mm. it up. I'm gonna do whatever. And I'm like, I finally got the frame, and I was cleaning up last time. I'm like, oh, I need to go ahead and frame that. I went there to grab it. I'm like, it's in the red folder. I found the red folder. Open up. It's not in there. I'm like, mm. okay, maybe it's in one of my old folders mm. with my taxes or something like that. I know we put it in a folder. And I found three of those. It's not in there. Mm. I cannot find it anywhere. Uh-huh. I cannot find this letter. And it's driving me up the fucking wall. And that's like, yeah, this is one thing I cannot lose. And yeah. like, yeah, it's at the same time, I got the best meaning of it right here. So it's like, I, I'll be okay if I don't have it. I don't want to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I was actually, I thought of this cool idea for a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like, I mean, you know, like in Buddhism and Taoism and stuff where it's like, you have to be willing to lose everything. Like mm-hmm. even that letter. Yeah. As, and I'm a very, uh, what is it like creature comforts mm-hmm. like i have like t-shirts that i've had for a million years that i can never yeah. get rid of oh yeah right like i i'm very much like i'm material in that way because they bring me comfort like my little my little tig my little tiger that i had when mm-hmm. i was little or whatever yeah. but it's like my idea for the show is like um your your parent one of your parents is cremated you have the bag and then you get really shit tank drunk and then you lose the bag of ashes no. you throw it away <laughs> whatever something terrible yeah. happens yeah and then then you essentially the show is you go on a quest to um retrieve these ashes if yeah. you can't how do you even what yeah. does that even look like and that'd probably be the end like i'd see that as like a mini series as well like a thing like you know at the end you don't you but just, you it's don't. really you just have like you learn to let go yeah either you learn to let go or you can see like how yeah you may have lost the physical ashes but you still yeah. have like the mental ashes like spread throughout the entire journey to get to the end point yeah. the end game of the show so I yeah. can def I'd watch that. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a thing we can talk about in five yeah. minutes instead of like a show that's yeah. you know, three seasons long. But well, yeah, well, you obviously have to have the moments that connect to each other, exactly. and like you're like, oh, exactly why this means, like why this ending works. Yeah, because like I've I've thought of that. I had like a show idea that was based on the pub. I had like three or four different like show ideas based on the pub. Mm-hmm. One was like just a straight up comedy and Cheers then style. Kinda, but like I'm a big fan. Mixed of like it's always sunny, like kind of yes, but also kind of mixed with like. There was also elements that me and Derek, who worked at the pub, had of, like, this really outlandish stuff of, like, that's going on in the background the entire time. Yeah. Like, our characters only seen every – only have, like, speaking roles every three or four episodes. You mean, like, an owner who comes and dances on the bar? No. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. Mm. <laughs> or tells her coworkers to yeah. um, dance with her or they're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I could probably do a whole podcast of former employees there. <laughs> Um, of her employees, not yes. like the pub employees. Oof. But no, um, shoot, uh, no, like in the background, me and him are doing these like these crazy fucking like. There's um, I'm trying to think. This is gonna be a little crude, um, <laughs> but my buddy told me about this. Like he worked at Bob Evans, and he would go in there and he would hold bowls, like just two big bowls, like and like wait for somebody to find it. I was like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, these are the same size as my girlfriend's boobs. Oh and then he would like, it'd like do that. And like, that'd be the first episode I do that. But then for the next three episodes, you'd see me in the background walking around with bowls in my hand, like showing people <laughs> and then like high-fiving or whatever. And Amazing. then the whole like payoff to it is like, you eventually see in the background, a girl come up to me, like is yelling at me, then slaps me, then like walks off. And yeah. eventually I come back and like, well, I'm single now or something like that. So it's like, it's we wanted this whole idea, like it re- reward so much 
repeat viewing of like yeah. there's a whole separate story in the background mm-hmm. that you don't know you can only put together yourself what's being said what's actually being ha- what's yeah. happening like and that that was the pub yeah that really was so many things happening in the background that you're like there's many stories happening there. yeah I, man the pub love love the pub love mm-hmm. portsmouth yeah I, I always try to stop in i haven't stopped in for a little bit but i always try to stop in and see cory just had his baby so oh. congratulations again congratulations, cory yeah and then uh i always try to see lauren even though he's the most undependable horrible person i've ever met in my life <laughs> <laughs> would he fight a, a bear or a mountain lion with or for you oh yeah he he would i think he'd try to make peace with it first <laughs> yeah. like there's no reason to be this upset Play it some soothing music. <laughs> yeah. yeah he'd have his hat maybe a smoker's jacket <laughs> no i've created this mythology of lauren uh like um maddie who used to work at the pub maddie mm-hmm. and justin they got married they just moved back to reynoldsburg and they had like a little party for a few of us who used to work at the pub like devin cheyenne cheyenne's boyfriend lauren and Corey. but Corey literally had the baby like the yeah. night before so a little bit be there yeah and then lauren calls me at work and he's like hey he's like oh, are you going to thing i'm like well you know i'm at work i'm getting off work that's when i'll go and he's like oh he was planning to drive up here to my place and then follow me out there and i was like i mean you can come to my work and he's like well i don't have my gps i'm like Lauren, he's he's Lauren, but like Love I created it. this, like I was telling him to talk about it on the podcast. I was talking about how there's a harem of women you can hear in the background mm-hmm. of Lauren's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, the harem of women that man has. <laughs> amazing. I was so happy when he came up here and did the podcast. It's awesome. I called him LL Cool K. That's <laughs> he gave me two nicknames. Lauren's the only guy I've known who's ever given himself nicknames. So I'm like. That's okay. Yeah, respect. Yeah, he's like, you know, everybody else who tries, I'm like, I'm not calling you that. But he gave me LL Cool K. I was like, God, I hate you. I hate <laughs> you so much for how great that is. And then he said when he, he tried boxing, he like trained boxing a little bit like that, and he had like a match. He said his nickname was The Killer from Lucas Villa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Amazing. I'm like, I hate that you've never told me that until right now. I hate Amazing. that I lived my entire existence yeah. not knowing that. I need that, that information yeah. in my brain. And then I came up with the nickname Midnight. Like, for some reason, I, it was a Hold Steady song. It's like all mm. B-side of Stay Positive. And it's like some say rumor, some say legend. I know he's usually seen with the wild women. And it's called The Bout of Midnight Hauler. <laughs> I just randomly call him Midnight One Night. Like, Midnight Killer is so great. Yeah, and That's, that's really all great. part of his intro. And that's yeah. like, yeah. I love it. His issue was he talked with the mic way down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. He's a little hard to hurt here, but no. Yeah. But no. Yeah, um, yeah. going back to the uh, therapy thing, oh, yeah, that same year I got, well, it, yeah, it's been a few years now, I, I started getting into meditation. Have you gone down that path yet? Not yet. I've I've done yoga in the past, but I know meditation a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think one of my issues is that I'm, me and my therapist also are pretty are sure that I'm undiagnosed ADHD yeah. and that my, my brain doesn't slow down or doesn't take time to yeah. do stuff like that or hyper-focuses on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So... It's probably going to take me a while to get to meditation state. <laughs> There's actually new research coming out that's yeah. showing that meditation is better for ADHD than medication. Yeah. It has like the same level of that's effectiveness. The, that was like part of like when I went into therapy, that's the first thing I said. Like, I do not want pills. Yeah. I do not same. want pills. Same. Like, Because I know people who have taken pills. I'm not saying if you do, it's bad. I'm just saying like I know some people who have talked about like it killed their creativity. Mm-hmm. It like made them numb. It didn't make them happy. It just makes them numb. Yeah. I'm like. I want to work like and I'm not saying they're not working through stuff it's just I just don't want to do that I yeah. want to I want to be at the last resort and I always talk about like when my dad was sick like 
every single time he went to the doctor, he came back with new pills. Yep. And then he would go to another doctor the next week. He's like, no, you don't need those pills. You need these pills. That's ridiculous. And, like, it was just constant, like, cycling. He went to, like, three or four different doctors, and every single time, they'd say, no, that doctor's wrong. You need these. Yeah. And he had early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. There's certain drugs with Alzheimer's that if you take them, it can kind of slow the progress. It's not like 100%, but it can slow the progress. But if you go off of them, it's a rapid decline. Ugh. And there's no guarantee they'll take the next time you try them. And Oof. they took him off those pills. And then they tried to put him back on. And, like, my Jesus. dad died at 63. He yeah. didn't He didn't know who I was, like, personally yeah. for the last two years of his life. Yeah. I had no idea who I was. He thought, like, if he did, he thought I was my brother Tom. Which I always thought was funny because Tom is six foot one. <laughs> I'm obviously not six foot no. one. <laughs> like, yeah, but he would always, like, yeah, he would talk to, sometimes he would talk to me about me. He's like, oh, yeah, Brandon was, like, you know, playing baseball or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. But, yeah, he didn't know who me personally was mm. for the last at least two years. Mm. And, like, yeah. And then that was part of my issues is I, I've been fairly lucky in terms of death. Like, the first person that I kind of knew who died, like, or had, like, kind of a connection with was my Uncle Fred. Because his uh, wife, Patty, my aunt, would babysit us. So, like, I got to know him a little bit. And he died when I was, like, 14 of a mm. heart attack. Then my grandpa died, but he died also of Alzheimer's. Mm. And also, I just talked about on the podcast about how by the time I could make meaningful connections... He was already in Alzheimer's, yeah. so it's like I couldn't make a meaningful connection with him. So it was more like, you know, yeah, he's my grandpa, but I only got to be that I'm the young, I'm a grandson who this is my grandpa. This is my grandpa. Yeah. I didn't get to, you know, talk to him about World War Two or talk about him, but yeah. anything that meaningful. So it was like it was one of those like, well, he has Alzheimer's. He doesn't remember who anybody is. He's mm-hmm. just suffering. You know, yeah. not saying it's better. It's just like, it's time. Yeah. And then the same thing. My grandma after my grandpa died, didn't want to live anymore. She was like. I'm kind of done. So by the time mm-hmm. she died, it was kind of like she really didn't want to be here for the last two or three yeah. years. So, yeah. but then other than that, it's like I really hadn't dealt with much. Like mostly, it's like people I knew. Like I would consider them friends, but not close enough to where I knew that much about them. Like mm-hmm. I had a guy in high school named Mike who died, but we knew each other. We rode the same bus, but we I was in class with a sister. Yeah. I didn't know him. So then my dad was probably the first major major one yeah and that was 26 mm-hmm. so like it it hits different it really does <laughs> yeah. you don't learn how to you know you never really learn no. but you don't like yeah. being 26 when your brain's kind of figured most things out and i was like hey here's a whole new fucking thing you got to figure out now yeah whenever you think you should have your shit figured out and like i don't have anything no <laughs> yeah. should don't should yourself yeah no one has their shit figured yeah. out trust me no matter how old they are yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't care what they say they're lying if they tell you they oh don't. yeah or yeah, they... I was I was 21 when my dad passed. Yeah. So lots of drinking followed oh, that yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And then 26 when my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So it's it sucks. Mm-hmm. It fucking sucks. You're never prepared for anything like no. that. Yeah, that's like I always like so I thought I'm like you know it's like well no. right that, like that you know is, it's coming you know it's coming and it's like you know it's regardless at this point it's better off he, yeah he's yeah, much yeah, better yeah. off than yeah. what he because like mm-hmm. by the end he couldn't even close his eyes mm. like he couldn't even blink by the end. Like his body had forgotten so much, wow. which is just the that's wild, terrifying. Yeah, and uh, mm. yeah, and then I always wonder. My mom asked me if it did because I wasn't in the room when he passed because mm. he passed like six thirty in the morning, and it was weird. I was 
I went to a show. My mom told me, it's like, you just go to your show. It's fine. It's fine. And, like, I went up here to Columbus. I watched Dan Andriano and a few other bands up here. And I went home, and they called me. It's like, hey, he's like, you probably need to get out of here. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then for some reason I started going right back to sleep because I didn't get home until, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 6. And I was like, fuck, I need to go. And I got there after he passed. And my mom wondering if that affected me. I'm like, I, th- I think I'll be fine. I don't know if it did or not. I think it may have affected me not yeah. being there, which I may, I'm actually might be figuring this out right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. I yeah. was, I was, um, it was finals mm-hmm. at Shawnee state and oh. I was coming home and mm-hmm. I missed my dad. Mm-hmm. My, I was called and they were like, you need to get home. Mm-hmm. Hospice is here. I didn't know what all that meant. Yeah. I didn't know that meant I needed to get there yesterday. Yeah. And it, he, I got there a couple of hours after he passed. Yeah. Then I forgot one. I feel bad that I forgot. My Uncle Jim, he was my godfather. And I didn't realize how close we kind of were until years after he passed. Well, you try to protect yourself. Yeah. And then, like, he had bone cancer. So Mm -hmm. it was, like, one of those where he was... Miserable. By by the end, it's like, please. Like, yeah, please. So I've only had to deal with, like, brutal deaths. I've never, like... Yeah. Like, uh, my friend Luke died in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. That was probably the most shocking one. Like, that was one I was like, oh, God. I was in a Walmart. And but I also remember the fence mechanisms that will kick in your brain is the first thing I did was try to make a joke. Yeah. Like just like me and my buddy Jr. We'd go to like uh, we'd go to like lunch at Port City. We'd go to like Walmart. We'd buy like a shitty movie. We'd go watch it, or we sometimes we'd watch good movies. I, mean, I don't know. Um, but I can't remember what movies on the shelf anymore. But the first thing I did was one of the make I tried to make a fun of it, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, uh Yeah. Earlier this. Last year, I went to the funeral. My great uncle, so mm-hmm. my grandma's brother, um, his wife of like 50 years passed away. And just to, like see him, like the strong, this pillar of strength that I've always mm-hmm. seen, like just bawling, mm-hmm. like broke my heart. Yeah. And my sister, we were talking about like how much death she and I had experienced in our life, all this death around us. Mm-hmm. And she said this beautiful thing. She said, it's, it's, they're like frays at the edge of your soul. Mm-hmm. And it really is. Or, and then she made a great rhyme right after that. And she said that, or like a blanket full of holes. Yeah. And it really is. Mm-hmm. They're all phrase. And it's, it's like, it's, and it's almost like that's kind of melding and uh, yeah, like combining with the, the outside and you lose parts of yourself or mm-hmm. you gain parts of them at the same time. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, hurt, it hurts you deep down in your heart. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. I guess I've always been funny with it. Or yeah, I was always the person that, yeah. like, at the funerals making the jokes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because when you grow up, I grew up in chaos, mm-hmm. and I was the youngest, and I felt like I was responsible for everyone else's emotions, mm-hmm. because if I look at, like, and I, I diagnose everyone in my house, <laughs> right, like, alcoholism, bipolar, depression, yeah. <laughs> addiction, et cetera, yeah. like, we can fill that up, and I'm this little person observing it all, mm-hmm. and just trying to take care of everyone, and I think that's what happens when you become, like, the stable one, even mm-hmm. if you are, like, why are you so little, and you have to bear so much, yeah. and you have to take care of all these people, um, you start feeling like everyone's emotions are your responsibility, but they're not. So like I had started telling myself that was like a mantra I had last year. I was like, everyone's emotions are not my responsibility. Yeah. You're all responsible for your own emotions. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the joking is a part of that defense mechanism where you're like, oh, I can make everyone feel better during yeah. this time Yeah, when that's, it fucking sucks. Yeah, that's part of mine was like, you know, I'll, I'll make a joke um, or something like that. 
as like a signal to everybody's like you know every we're gonna be okay like you know yeah. we'll you know not so much move on we'll we're not gonna be sad forever about all this and then also like part of my issues were I always try to be like the strong one like you know I'm not gonna cry because if I break down everybody's gonna have to break down because yeah. that's they realized now you know it's all real or something like that that's at least the I don't know hero syndrome thing in yep. my head or something yeah. like that that I'm like you no know, I'm protecting everybody or something like that that it eventually numbs you or just makes you distant because once again these are big emotions that you do have to deal with and no matter how hard you may think you're the big hero when you start dealing with them like you can't control what's going to happen exactly so like you know I became distant to certain people or it became kind of mm, like you know don't get close to me right now because I'll break <laughs> like and that breaks the facade for myself or it makes everything real or makes me have to actually deal with things which yeah the another I always have 10 billion things of what this podcast really is and most mm. of it is actually me dealing with shit or I love it. like finally dealing with shit yeah, I love yeah. It. so <laughs> yeah and, and I feel like it's like for me I did something a little different where like I wouldn't get close to anyone mm-hmm. I was so afraid of losing more people that I love that mm-hmm. I just it was like all my relationships felt very superficial yeah like I wouldn't let anyone really get to know me or like I would never have had a conversation like this where I just like bared it all but yeah. like learning to be your authentic self mm-hmm. is so important along that journey yeah. um, I'm into tarot I don't believe it's a fortune telling tool I believe mm-hmm. it's more of like um, there's this Baba Yaga phrase it's like what do you know that you've forgotten that you know mm-hmm. so like oh, yeah. all the answers yeah. are inside of you Yeah, you know them you know them already so I think tarot is like a tool to just like look at th- something a different way oh this card's saying this like maybe maybe you are that or this or whatever um but anyways the there's this idea along along the path of tarot of like the fool's journey like we're all on a fool's journey there are all like places along it and things we have to do and things we have to experience and down ups and downs and i mean we learn from all of those things and i don't know where i'm going with this but <laughs> it's going somewhere that's the I'm other sure. great uh, theme of the monster Age pilot episode is, is this talking and talking also i'm like <laughs> The fuck am I talking what about? Was I, what was I gonna say? <laughs> where did I start off at? <laughs> what? Where, what was, where were we going? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's like also like with like relationships or just meeting new people and stuff like that. Like mm. being like when I kind of created a distance and a numbness and yeah. all this stuff like that. Like when those feelings of no matter inevitably will break through even when you're not mm-hmm. ready for them. So you know, it, it started driving down self esteem stuff. Started doing that stuff. Where why do you like you know? girls interested or you know people want to be friends I'm like why do you want to be friends with a piece of shit like me who Aww. can't who couldn't be there when people actually needed him yeah so like you know that's that that would be in my would you talk to your friends like that no exactly that's the thing is like yeah. does you, your well, therapist ask you that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all the time she's like well do you actually feel that way or it's like do you actually feel you're actually that i'm like i try not to be and it's like yeah. you know, it's like well the fact that you try is just important that you try not to be yeah or whatever and um but no, it's do as I say, not as I do. That's hmm. also very much in my brain because it's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And if you follow it, like, you typically, I don't know, I just, being in that numb sense, you also understand, like, how to get through certain, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going now. No, I, I, I know where <laughs> yeah. you're going. Um, yeah. I would highly recommend, do you like Broken Record? Mm-hmm. Oh, have you heard the episode um, with Run DMC where Daryl talks about... Mm. Um, check that one out because mm-hmm. um, he talks about like his experience with suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to give any spoilers, but yeah. it's a wonderful <laughs> episode. It's so good. And I actually like I had some suicidal ideation for mm-hmm. sure. 
Um, and I went through a recent bout of it after like some fucked up medical shit. I can get into it. It's it's crazy town. But like Is it I, arthritis. <laughs> yeah, my arthritis <laughs> led me to be very suicidal. Um, oh, me, no. me mom over here, gra- witch grandma. Yeah. Am I right? Grandma witch. <laughs> well, I'm at the point every time I get up, I say old. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> you just old. Oh. That's what your body is <laughs> yeah. creaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just, I felt like for whatever reason, I was just like, this is too much to deal with. Mm-hmm. I had, um, so when I was in college, I'll make the story quick. It's kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I had my front tooth knocked out playing softball. Oh. Uh, my freshman year of I softball, the Shawnee State softball team, mm-hmm. we were on spring break, had my tooth knocked out. Um, I, we were doing soft toss in the outfield and I was the person rolling the ball in. And when I turned around, a girl had relayed the ball to me without me looking and I caught the ball in my face Ooh, yeah. and I lost my number nine tooth, oh. uh, this one here. And it fell out in my hand, and we went to an oral surgeon. I got to the oral surgeon, and they're like, what can we help you with? I'm like, blood all over my uniform. I'm like, I lost my fucking tooth. (laughs) Um, So they put my tooth back in, put braces on me, stitches. So I had, so that was 2005. And so 17 years later, I still had that tooth, and it wasn't graying or anything. Um, But then I started, like, I had corn on the cob one day, and then my gum started bleeding, and basically my body started rejecting that tooth. And it also fused to the bone above it. So I had to have the tooth pulled. And then I had to have a bone graft. Ugh. And then I'll have to have an implant. Mouth stuff. Yeah, sorry, everyone, yeah. for the mouth stuff that sucks. So in January, I was supposed to get the implant finally. And it didn't happen because they brought me in too soon. And I, I was like, when they called me and, and asked me if I wanted the appointment, I was like, are you sure I'm ready? And they're like, yeah. I got there and they're like, the bone graft's too squishy. We can't place the implant. <laughs> I woke up 45 minutes later and they told me that. And I literally cried the whole way home mm-hmm. because it's like, they're like, well, you can just take that tooth out. Like, I'm not going to eat fucking toothless like a goddamn hillbilly. I mean, I am a hillbilly. Yeah. Love, love being a hillbilly. But, yeah. like, I'm not going to look like trash mm-hmm. eating in front of strangers. So, anyways, it just felt like it was too much. Like, it was too much to deal with, like, basically pushing back my care for six months and not having a tooth and, like, mm-hmm. all of this drama with it and pain. Yeah. And an unnecessary surgery and all of this. And, um, and then I, I heard that episode and I, I wrote a song about all of it. Like, just Mm -hmm. like, you know, when, when the world feels like too much and Mm -hmm. those sort of things. And it's, it's, there are all kinds of things that can throw you off. You're like, it's just a tooth. Mm -hmm. Why are you so attached to that tooth? (laughs) Or it's just a surgery or it's just six months. It's, that's a drop in the bucket for how long you're going to live. But in the moment, those things don't make any sense. It's like, oh, it's going to be like this forever. (laughs) Like even thinking like you know it's like six months like that's summer that's it's you know, summer like, yeah that's I like you know I want to eat whole... hot dogs yeah I have to cut up hot dogs it's sad as fuck <laughs> yeah that's so I have a fake tooth here I can't take out um, oh you can't take out it's permanent like yeah they actually put oh you it in... oh you can take it out no I can't okay yeah they just glued it in there or whatever they glued do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh I got braces when I was like nine oh my gosh and the, but was, I still had baby teeth so oh. they pulled one tooth. And then they rigged this contraption to help the new one get out. So they could straighten out. <laughs> I've heard of that. Is it like a chain? Yeah, it's like a chain looking thing. So weird. Broke the tooth bringing it out. So I had this really, uh, I never even realized how like much that like fucked with me. Because yeah. like I look at all these pictures for, like my teenage years and I don't smile with teeth ever. Yeah. Like never do. Like I never thought like whatever. I never thought it was a big deal like in the moment. But like looking back, I'm like, I would never show that tooth. I would try my best not to. Yeah. And then um, 
eventually they was like, we can fix that. And it was right before I went off my mom's insurance. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and do yeah, that. Let's, let's take care of that. <laughs> yeah. So they take like the shaver and they shave down the old tooth into like this little nub thing, yeah. oh, which yeah, is crown. the oddest feeling. You get a little thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you have that little thing underneath it, but like just feeling them shave the tooth, you don't feel it. You just feel the flakes of tooth hitting Ugh. your lips. You're yeah. like, this is so weird. Yeah. And then they just graft it on there. Yeah. And I think for like, Growing up in Appalachia, like, mm-hmm. constantly trying to overcome all the stereotypes. Or people will be like, you're so lucky you mm-hmm. got out. Yeah. I'm like, uh, but there's a lot of people left and there's a lot of systemic problems and poverty and classism and capitalism that are... Anyways, you know, yeah. get on those rants. Get yeah. on my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> but, like, teeth were so important for mm-hmm. how people perceived you. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that, like, it's they're not and it's fucking shallow and mm-hmm. all of that. But, like... Still in this world, people, there is really the, what is it, beauty privilege, pretty privilege, Mm -hmm. that's fucking real. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just like, how can we, how can we break down those things and stop doing those things? I I love this like youthful generation, um, Jeremy's daughter, Ave, she lives with Mm -hmm. us, she's wonderful, she's um, 19, so I'm, I'm a grandma of cats, Ah, for sure, so I am a real grandma. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like, I love this age group who is just being themselves. With no fucks given. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful to see. And then being like, what is beautiful? Mm-hmm. And they're really asking those questions. And finally, for the first time, like, I hope it just topples. I hope they topple everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll topple the Bring economy. They'll topple Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the love of God, topple Applebee's first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did hear that there's this new cool thing that kids are, th- this younger group is doing where they're like ironically going to like Olive Garden and having mm-hmm. parties there. Like what? <laughs> oh, it's oh. ridiculous. All right. Yeah, yeah. I guess for the breadsticks, salad. Yeah, free for breadsticks and salads. Or maybe the bad butt later. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Pea butt. Irony. <laughs> I. Right, what can I say? I mean, what dumb shit would I do? And I was, you know, I would go to Walmart to buy shitty movies to watch. Exactly. So are you like a B movie aficionado? Oh, I've, I became very much into B movies in the past like, I love it. year. Like it's, I watched so many, like mostly sword and sorcery ones. Where nice. like oh, they're just Hell yeah. they are so stupid. There's certain ones where I'm like I can't do this. And yeah. Usually there's way too much R words going on. Like Ooh, the like yeah. the uh, the mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. assaults. How about mm-hmm. we say assault? Yeah. Like there was one like Death Stalker. There's like at least six. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. No. This is ridiculous. No. Like, no. it's just like I, I told Jake and I was telling him about it because he doesn't get why I watch them. I'm like, why I haven't watched like The Wire or I haven't watched The Sopranos all the way through. I'm like, I know I will love those. There's yeah. no risk in me watching that. <laughs> I watched this B movie. I might fucking enjoy it so much or yeah. I might hate it so much. Like, I yeah. don't. It's a roll of the dice. Yeah, I. it's funny. I actually. So I've hated horror mm-hmm. all my life. And I would I would like shake or like cover my eyes or, and my aunts would just die laughing about it. Um, but I recently discovered that I actually love horror mm-hmm. and I love Vincent Price and um, I'm obsessed currently with Elvira. Mm-hmm. I know she's problematic on some <laughs> levels, um, but I fucking love her. And I've been like wa- watching like some of the ones like Lady Frankenstein's great. And there was one that's really funny. Um, the cannibal women in the avocado jungle or something it's oh like, yeah with bill maher so fucking funny <laughs> so fun and it just makes me giggle they yeah. make me giggle so much yeah um, My, that was the thing i had no idea bill maher was in that movie so and i just started watching it and he, he pops up I'm like and i wasn't like watching i was like on my phone or something. i'm like that sounds like bill maher and like he wasn't on the screen i'm like that sounds like bill maher i'm like whatever and i kind of looked up I'm like that fucking is bill maher <laughs> it's so ridiculous and they're so great and it's like mm-hmm. you know sometimes they are trash but it's yeah. like 
you were watching TV anyways. Mm-hmm. You were doing something mindless <laughs> already. Yeah. What's it matter? Yeah, that's the uh, big bad big bad mama is one, which was it was pretty enjoyable for I remember, but. Uh, Shatner shows up in it. Oh God! Yeah, it's like yeah. in between like Amazing. the Star Treks and all that. Yeah. Like when his career would tank, yeah. and he's like, "Now I'm just gonna do this really shitty bad B movie." <laughs> that I don't know. It was I'm trying to remember. It's like there was a mom and her daughters like on this like crime spree, but there's like weird incest vibes throughout mm. the whole movie between the mom and the daughters. Ugh. Like at the point where I didn't realize it was daughters, I thought it was just like friends, like her daughter and her lesbian lover. Thelma and Louise. Yeah, yeah, type of thing. Like, yeah. kind of a Thelma and Louise thing going on. Like, no, those are both her daughters. Like, weird. That's so weird. So weird. But Sorcerer was great because it also had twin, that played by twin sisters, like, bathing naked together. <laughs> I'm like, wonder who that scene was for. Weird. Oh, yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. As I told Jake, I'm like, it's like, it's basically what a perverted man in the 70s thought feminism was. <laughs> Men. Yeah. I'm sorry for you guys. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. like, oh, it's like, but they'll be naked because yeah. they're taking it back. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it way more. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, God. It's so r- and two I think, that are one. And I think, like, once you, once you, like, look under the hood and you start going for the, like, why? Like, why do I like those things? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, the answer might be, like, because someone didn't think they're good enough, but some people still love them. Like, mm-hmm. is there something about ourselves in there that mm-hmm. we're seeing, like, yeah. yeah, if we get a little philosophical about it. Yeah. Well, that's what the, like funny you just talk about not liking horror than now liking horror. I was the same way. I never cared for horror growing up. This was not like my thing. I didn't get like super scared or like mm. what you said like covering your eyes. Like yeah. it only like certain things. Like you no, know, if, if it was gore stuff, it's like yeah, I don't yeah, like, this gore, is I don't I don't like gore. Yeah, like, like kill counts. I don't care about kill counts. Yeah, that's what I I talked about on the podcast before. I talked about like the torture porn that was the mid two thousands, like ridiculous. Saw and all that stuff. I'm, like yeah. those those. Garbage films. Garbage. Yeah. Agreed. Garbage. Like, the first Saw is fine. It's a good movie. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's not over the top yeah. on anything. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, it was a completely different thing, but, like, the rest of them were just, like... Too much. What fucked up thing can we do to people? <laughs> like, Shock value. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um... But, no, I've gotten so much more into horror in the past. Like, my one of my favorite TV things was Midnight Mass, which is... I did like it. Which isn't super horror, but it's, no. like... It's, like... Thinker. Th- yeah, it's a very much a thinking thing. It's very much a tone thing, and it's mm-hmm. it's very much a philosophical show. Yeah. And like, it's... Like, it was one of those things where I didn't even realize how much I absolutely loved it until I kept rewatching it. I realized nice. I'd watched it, like, four or five times in, like, six months. I'm like, I... Also, growing up Catholic. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm oh like, this God. is so fucking spot yeah. on. I have the soundtrack you know, <laughs> up in the record somewhere. And it's, yeah. just, and it's just the hymns. It's like, it's not That's like awesome. any original music. It's just hymns. I'm like, this is I so fucking beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. love that show so much. Yeah. Uh, Haunting a Hill House, which I just yeah. really like uh, Flanagan. I mean, a and lot. Sherry Jackson got a female horror writer. Mm-hmm. And, and Sherry, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, I have really grown to like love horror things. Now it's. I will like B horror gore films because they're, they're they're very funny. they're very yeah practical and funny. Puppet and, like, Master, yeah, hilarious. Right, like yeah. So I'll watch those and just giggle. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I'm just like giggling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be great. Like yeah, my family is we we we're, we kind of like do our own thing now. It's really nice. We're not all like oh we we have to watch this TV show together. No, it'd be like. Jeremy will be playing video games. Ava will be reading a book and her mm-hmm. pops on and I'll be giggling at Elvira watching movies mm-hmm. along with her. And yeah. <laughs> That's what I watched the Elvira movie that was like in the late 90s. Oh, yeah. There's a few different ones. Yeah. yeah. I think she did one like the late 90s. I can't remember what it was called. I'm like. Oh, yeah. Mistress oh. of the Dark. I think so. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, it was. Hilarious. I'm like. 
you know, for something that it was built basically off of two things on her chest. Yeah. Like, it was like, this is actually, it was like, I laughed at so many different things that weren't related to the two things on her chest. I mean. Outside of like guys like, oh. Cassandra Peterson, who <laughs> yeah. is the genius behind Elvira, and Dolly Parton mm-hmm. are brilliant business women. Oh, yeah. Speaking women praise the queen, Dolly Parton. Like, oh, yeah. They are fucking brilliant. And mm-hmm. I mean, in a patriarchal world that cares about tits. Okay. <laughs> they made money off their tits. Yeah. Good for them. I mean, it's like it's like reverse, reverse exploitation. Like you yeah. want to exploit my tits, so I'm going to exploit your need to exploit my exactly. tits to make me way more money yep. than you. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing about the Elvira movie is like she's not some prissy woman. Like she makes all her own decisions. She mm-hmm. fights all her own battles. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah. Tell me otherwise. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I talk about Jake. Like the you know the seventy year old pervert writing feminism movies in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the things like at the end the dude always had to save the day because right. they always end up being kind of helpless. Oh, the oh they they would yeah they would fight and then eventually a guy would get her and usually try to assault her and then yeah. here comes the guy to save her. Which in Deathstalker was ridiculous because the hero saves the woman from an assault, then assaults her himself. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, um, I think that was supposed to be romantic, but it mm. was very not much. Yeah, it's like, like you're a fucking creep. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was in the 80s. I don't know. I didn't grow up in the 80s. Yeah. So. I mean, Meg's County's still in the 80s if you want to go visit yeah. the 80s. Does it have its own hospital yet? I, I don't think they have an official hospital. I think you still have to go <laughs> so out of town. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Meg's is on the east side of Ohio. Yeah, right? like right, right. Next to, right next to Athens. Okay, yeah, that's, that's right. That's I tell people, yeah. yeah. I, the town I uh, was was born in, raised in, well, I wasn't born there. I was born in Middleport, and mm-hmm. then I was raised in Portland, Ohio, not any of the cool ones. No. And I know, it's very sad. And but, then I grew up in Longbottom, mm-hmm. and so people thought my ID was fake for a long time because yeah. it said Longbottom. <laughs> I was like, there's a long bottom in Lord of the Rings, you know. Yeah. No, it's in Harry Potter. <laughs> it's it's in both, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Long bottom leaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, exactly. Let me nerd out for a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would remind them that, and they'd be like, you're even more suspicious now, because now you're talking about weed. Yep. Because obviously, hobbits be getting high. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Hobbits. <laughs> second breakfast. Mm. Ugh. I was literally just about to say something. Yeah, I literally bought that 4K player to buy the Lord of the because I bought the Lord of the Rings 4K. My PS4 didn't play it, so I bought a 4K player, and it, I only have it for two movies: the Lord of the Rings and the Godfather. That's it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, That's spent like 150 bucks on it for two movies. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Money well spent. Yeah. Oh, then real quick. I meant to talk about, like, uh, we talk about, like, losing things that were important. Oh. Like, the whole Buddhist thing of, like, you know, you can oh, lose yeah, everything. Yeah. I had that teddy bear right there that has a picture of me when I was, like, three. I'm going to have to investigate that for you. Yeah. Like, I have that, and I thought I, lost, I thought I lost it a couple years ago. Mm. And, oh, I was devastated. I was so yeah. pissed off with myself. And then, like, almost everything that I lose is right in front of my face, and for some reason I'm not seeing it. Mm. Like, I lost the broom yesterday, and it was right beside this desk. <laughs> And I was in this room to sweep this room. And I'm like, where the fuck did I put this broom? And I'm looking behind the chair. And literally, I could reach out with my left hand and touch the broom. <laughs> I can't find it. And I'm walking around. And it took me hours. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, cleaning other stuff. Yep. I'm like, where's this fucking broom? I'm going to order a new broom off Amazon or something like that. Or go to Kroger and buy mm. one real quick. And I come in here and I just look and I see the handle. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to, like, lose my mind when I lost stuff mm-hmm. like that for sure. And I think, like, honestly, I know it sounds ridiculous and I sound like a freaking hippie, mm-hmm. but, like, meditation has genuinely helped me with that stuff because I can just, like, breathe and be like, mm-hmm. okay, 
how am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling that way? What's really going on here? Why are you so enraged about the broom? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a broom. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it helps you slow down. I really like the, um, I don't know if you ever do, like, cycle through your senses. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're feeling really anxious. I haven't had any severe panic attacks, but, Mm -hmm. like... Um, there's the five, four, three, two, one method, which yeah. is too complex in my opinion, but I'm just like, okay, what do I see? Mm-hmm. What am I seeing right now? I'm seeing a candle. I'm seeing, uh, these, I love the seventies yellow on the drapes and yeah. things like that. And like, what am I hearing? Um, like, what am I smelling? You know, going through your senses and all that. And then there's this, um, native poet, her name's Joy Harjo. Mm-hmm. And she talks about like finding quiet places and like listening beyond the listening. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the other day I made a big, like, I love baths, like ritual to cleanse all the bullshit away. Um, and taking a nice bubble bath and like, have you ever sat and like listened to bubbles and just like sat and listened and listened to them Mm -hmm. popping and like everything around you and like kind of immersing yourself in those things. And it takes you out of that, like takes you out of that spin, Mm -hmm. I think a little bit, but sometimes I, I was talking to my therapist about this. I'm like, I know like, Oh, I could just like, I feel restless. Maybe I should sit down and breathe. And she's like, it sounds woke and all that. (laughs) But sometimes that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, So she was talking about, she had a client who had like a safe space set up in like the back of their garage where they could smash glass bottles from Goodwill. (laughs) Like that was releasing to them. Like that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, So maybe just need to smash room every once in a while. Or she said, I like this one, like just holding ice in your hand Mm -hmm. and like that'll take you out of your head and get Mm -hmm. make the rumination stop or whatever's going on. It's just like, yeah, I've heard of that like type of technique of like, mm -hmm. like get yourself to completely like 100% focus on something completely different. Yeah. A a safe. Yeah. Something that's not harmful. Yeah. Like safe. Yeah. Because it. I think the glass bottles might be, that might be a little much because yeah. you never know where that glass is going. You don't know where that glass is going. <laughs> yeah. It could come back into your eye. Yeah. I've said that like at work a couple of times. I'm like, I think what we need to do is just build one room when you guys piss me off that I get to go in there and just smash <laughs> bottles or just smash yeah. things. Like like on Sunny when they smash bottles. Oh, after yeah. The <laughs> That's one of my just favorite that. bits. I love that. Yeah. It's like the high school reunion. It's oh one my of my favorite. Yes. <laughs> My favorite's Charlie work, personally. That's oh, my favorite episode. I just watched the episode not too long ago. So it good. is technically so brilliant. It's brilliant. And it's the set, the setups are just fantastic. Like yeah. him constantly banging that stool, stool against the ground just to set up the joke stool by the end. Yeah. And then for Dennis to take the credit <laughs> for it is just the best. Did you do that? Yeah, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, um, we started Hacks. Have you watched Hacks yet? It's on HBO. Who's in that? Um, Gene Smart's in a... A younger no, girl. No, I know that I had not. Um, D, D is in it for mm-hmm. uh, too. That's why I was like, oh my, that's why I thought yeah. of it. But I just started it. I'm only like four episodes in, but I think I'm really going to like it. It makes me laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, um, I get in that cycle of just rewatching things a lot. But what I'm watching now, I'm watching the, finally watching The Leftovers, mm-hmm. which um, my buddy Jake has been trying to get me to watch for years. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's going to be so good for you. And I'm like four episodes in. I've missed the last two weeks because I'm watch. I'm doing the old school thing of watching it weekly. I love it. Yeah, but I've missed the last two weeks, and so we'll probably just catch up on it later today and just watch the two episodes I'm behind on. Because I told a buddy about it, and he's already finished the whole series. It's only 28 <laughs> episodes, so yeah. it's not like that much. But I'm watching that. I'm watching The Last of Us, which has been absolutely phenomenal. I've heard, I've heard it's really good. It is incredible. Yeah. Like I'm usually like <laughs> zombies are a little overplayed for me. If it's not so, Shaun of the Dead, I don't care. They're not zombies. Not zombies. Okay. Yeah, okay. they're like. They have the same like, kind of thing, but it's a completely different thing. It's okay. an actual thing that's in nature. Just oh, The yeah. whole first scene would set up okay. what right. they kind of are. All right. I'll consider it. Yeah. They're basically people on 
uh, LSD. Okay. Like hardcore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In a way. Yeah. Did you um, watch Our Flag Means Death? No. Take no. TD? No. You should. You should oh, that's you, the, it's finally. like the pirate show, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I do want to so watch good. that. Yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. I watched that in, um, I'm doing a Lost rewatch because Lost was like the first show for me. Mm-hmm. I was 14. I was. It came out on my birthday when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first TV show that showed me, all oh, shows don't have to be who got murdered this week <laughs> and how do we solve that murder? Or I'm a lawyer. I'm going to defend this person from a murder they didn't commit. Uh-huh. They can have a narrative. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. a narrative. And it was mid- 2000s ABC, which is so weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, so weird. Yeah. But I'm like, I haven't really rewatched it for probably 10 years. It was, I have friends all over the world because of Lost, because That's I was cool. on the message boards and we <laughs> had our own private community thing. Mm-hmm. We were super nerds about it, which is very funny because if you ever listen, I will literally tell you every episode, which is coming up. Like, I'll name the title. I'll name it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, where am I at? I'm like, oh, I've got this, 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 this coming up. Yeah. Because I try to watch like three at a time. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little behind because I'm in the lag at season three. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm doing that a lot. And then, yeah, mostly I've watched It's Always Sunny. And, yeah, I've watched a lot of It's Always Sunny lately, actually. <laughs> it's very yeah. prevalent on my mind. Mm-hmm. I just got past Fat Mac again. Which is... <laughs> the, what he's put his body through is kind of incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, like, he got super fat, super, you know, he got, Ripped. even when he like lost the weight after a fat season. He was really yeah. skinny. Yeah, he got really skinny. Yeah. Like he didn't go back to regular Mac. He went to skinny Mac. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's a really good, actually, like now that you say that, it just like, it's a good illustration of like what we're capable of. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and to like, you know, the, if you get six figures, you're not going to be happy. Also, like if you're someone who's really big and you get really skinny, that may not actually make you happy. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of science around that. And I yeah. think like you can transform in any way you want. You mm-hmm. can put on any mask you want. I love um, what RuPaul says, like you're born naked. The rest is drag. Mm-hmm. We're all oh. we're all wearing space suits. It's all <laughs> these are containers. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard that one. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the drag race or anything. Um, that was actually from um, oh, Ru- RuPaul else? did a master class. Oh. I heard it on that one. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice. I've always thought about getting the master classes. I just yeah. haven't. It's it's cool. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I really like the RuPaul one. And the other thing that he said that I love is like, if you've got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're shitting on the present. Yeah. <laughs> I like that visual a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good visual. Yeah. 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 And I think like, um, like there's poets and, uh, storytellers. Neil Gaiman has a class. LeVar mm-hmm. Burton has a class. Alicia yeah. Keys, uh, has like a song class, songwriting class. Um, Timbaland has a production class. So mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I went to look into like the writing or like song stuff, production stuff or something. like to look into that. Cause Reba could teach you how to sing. Ooh. Country Reba? music. Yeah. Ah. Reba. Yeah. <laughs> you love some Reba. Mm-hmm. Love Tremors. It's one of my favorite movies oh, ever. Oh, Tremors. I love Tremors. Oh, oh that it's is, so good. It's like, it's not the greatest movie of all time, but it is a perfect movie. It is fantastic. It is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's like a difference between like greatest, you know, you got like The Godfathers and Citizen Kane where like there's That's technical like... aspects that are just so incredible mm-hmm. that it's, just, it's obviously better than Tremors. But it's like Tremors is perfect. There yeah. is nothing wrong with that movie. Yeah. So for me, Princess <laughs> Bride is perfect. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's so perfect. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. It's just all oh, the, when they finally, they, that first one kills itself through the concrete and kevin bacon <laughs> fuck you <laughs> it's so good yeah it's so good and michael gross oh i i love tremors i might have to find it see if it's on anywhere and oh, just on, watch it it's on places i've seen it recently. it's gotta be mm-hmm. oh i love tremors so much mm-hmm. yeah no yeah, yeah me and my they'll mom. probably redo it soon 
I think they tried a couple oh, years ago, they? and Kevin Bacon was going to be a part of it. It was oh. going to be like a little, I think it was supposed to be a mini series, or they going to do a series. Hmm. But then I, I think it fell through. Yeah. Yeah, but he was, I don't know if COVID knocked it out, or if they decided. They, oh, like, you know they did redo it. It's called Dune. Oh, yeah. I just watched Dune. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I just watched it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is pretty much the same movie. <laughs> identical folks don't worry about it you, yeah you don't, yeah. don't need to watch they Dune. both have worms and they're both in the sand <laughs> yeah so therefore same movie same movie same movie <laughs> uh, i just watched dune like two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. i didn't i don't know i i never read the dune books or anything yeah. like that so i don't have like an attachment i just knew it was like it was david finchner right was it finchner or david david lynch uh, mm. tried to make it and it was it was a mess mess yeah, yeah it was a mess. <laughs> and he talks about how much it was a mess yeah he hates it <laughs> yeah he hates it yep just like van morrison hates brown eyed girl yeah. just don't play it <laughs> and uh flock of seagulls hate uh and i ran mm. they hate that song yeah it's like i'll play it for him but i hate i just like it's, yeah. not, it's not my pride and joy anymore yeah. like well when you're one hit wonder i that's gotta hit you that way it's yep. just like people are only here for one song they're here for one song that's it and you, yeah. and you make them wait to the end yeah it's like it's like you're really punishing them for yeah. liking that one song i, I that's appreciate the best way to do it because if you yeah. put it at the beginning all of a sudden it's like oh there's Everyone's 17 gone. people here and we would see that at river days all the time how many times do they have oh, a yeah. survivor or oh yeah well, or they eddie had... money eddie money they had like, oh i tried so hard to get eddie money to come to port city <gasps> i tried no nah, i kept like tweeting him because like, that's the very beginning of twitter yeah so it's or maybe not it's like Right as Twitter's blowing up, mm-hmm. he, Eddie Money has one. It was like one. 2006. Yeah, I'm like yeah. tweeting. He's like, dude, I can give you, I'll give you a Guinness. I'll give you Coke. Whatever. It's like, whatever you want, yeah. come to Port City. Coca-Cola, not cocaine. I wasn't a drug dealer at Port City. People would ask yeah. me where if I was, <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is where you go if you want to find stuff. Yeah. Well, he did say when he was there, he he was like, oh, everybody, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a little disappointed this this show's sponsored by Pepsi and not Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. You yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, we're in Ports, I have to work. Yeah, you have to so work. I'm just trying to get him to come in because yeah. I actually really enjoy Eddie Money. Mm-hmm. I love like uh, Shaken's like a, I think a legit great song. He's a cartoon. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I thought he was so much fun. I mean, um, who, who doesn't want to sing Take Me Home Tonight? <laughs> exactly. Who doesn't want to do that? that uh, but yeah, but I really like Shaken. I always like like those drums and all that, like the build up, and then there's a vibe in that song. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is a scene. Um, <laughs> but I tried so hard, and like he liked a few of my tweets, but he didn't show Damn up. Damn it! I was like, oh. I mean, but that's cool that he liked your tweets. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Eddie Money. Yeah, um, I once had um, John Prine once liked one of my videos oh, from mm. uh, an Angel Montgomery cover at Port City, actually, yeah. and he oh. liked. And I know it's his people who like it, but yeah. still, like that's it for me. I yeah. don't need anything else. Because you don't know, it's like they liked. It's like, hey, John, check this out. He's yeah. like, oh, that's cool, and that's that, when they like, liked it. My, I don't need to live anymore. Yeah, oh, I've been. Oh, that'd be. That was. Like, I always me. have this idea of like meeting Springsteen. Mm. Like if I like you know he just head on, out to Jersey yeah head out to Jersey like that's what I say I, people yeah. just on Jersey like they just run into him on the beach or just walking around yeah. I'm like mm. where he's not that sheltered he's just like yeah, he's just out and about he's a dude yeah he's like a, oh. yeah he's a real dude that's like when he got his DUI it was like he just met some random people and there's like oh and like the cop watched him like this drink together <laughs> so that's amazing that's why he pulled him over on his motorbike I'm like of course he got pulled over on a motorcycle I, th- I think it that's... led to one of the greatest hard times articles ever is like uh, <laughs> opinion Springsteen should be allowed to drive drunk. <laughs> Oh my god! It is one of the great articles. Like the guy who wrote "Born in the USA" and all this stuff. Like he, goddamn right, he can drink a few and put it. Like if he ran me over, I'd be just fine with that. <laughs> I think that's why I love um, 
Nebraska is mm-hmm. my favorite Springsteen album yeah. because it's so authentic. Like, mm-hmm. It feels so like. And it was so daring. Yeah. Like, when you were to think, because like yeah. he had these huge records, rock. like, you know, mm-hmm. big rock or like, symf- like symp- that. symphony, mm-hmm. symphony, was it be symphonic? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Probably. A lot of this. Ep- people, a lot of lots the, of people. Yeah. A lot of uh, the podcast is also realizing Brandon doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good that you don't know anything. Yeah, so like you know, he has like it's very uh, orchestrated and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Big or like big sounds, oh, yeah. big all mm-hmm. that. And all of a sudden, here he comes with this bare bones acoustic, like that. played on a tape recorder. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's my second favorite behind Born to Run because Born to Run is an identity. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Because we talk and he's talking about like suicide ideations about the tooth stuff, like. My suicide violations have mostly ease. Like, mm-hmm. it'll pop up, but it's usually for dumb stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I stub my toe. I'm like, I'd rather just fucking kill myself <laughs> than deal with this. Like, Fuck you know, like this. that. Now it's more like anytime I have issues, like, is there a way I can just drop everything and just fucking run and just mm. disappear? Like, I, you know. I was a runner. Yeah, I always. I still have an urge to run. Oh, I have that all. Probably like once or probably three or four times a year I get an urge. I'm like, I got to just get out of here. Yeah. I just got to go driving somewhere. Yeah. Like, and that's what I did. Before I got, right when I got sober, like the day I decided to got sober, I was in St. Louis because I was running. Because <laughs> mm. I was like, I don't know what to do. Yep. I'm going for a fucking drive. Yep. Like my friend Christine told me, it's like, you ought to just get out for a little bit and just yeah. go somewhere. I'm like, okay. Walk was, about. Yeah. So I thought about going all the way out to Denver and I was just driving and then like my back started hurting from driving. And like I'd driven from here to Portsmouth and then I was like about in Louisville. So that's like five hours of driving. Yeah. So I'm like, I was planning to get to at least Kansas City and then decide what I was doing. And then um, I was like, well, fuck. By the time I get to Kansas City, it'll be 10 o'clock at night. So I'm like, I'll just stop in St. Louis. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I've never been to St. Louis. My buddy Nick's from St. Louis. So I'm like, he's told me a few places to go. So I just did that. And then it was like the whole second day, I'm just standing out there. I'm like, I don't know what to fucking do with anything. And I'm just staring out over the Mississippi River. I'm like, what are you going to do about anything, Brandon? I was like, well, how about you just try something? And the thing that popped my head, I'm like, well, I quit drinking for like four months in my mid-20s. I always called that my straight-edge days when I was just like, I'm not going to eat meat. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do all this stuff. I'm going to be so cool. Yep. And it just became like, like a, I, can't, I can't remember who said it, but somebody's like, sounds like you're trying to be straight-edge. I'm like, oh, fuck. Now, you, you just identified it. Now I'm just going to go like, yep. oh, yeah, I'm totally straight-edge, bro. <laughs> Getting X's tattooed on your hands. Yeah, just going to X up and then, you know, just go hit on like 18 year old college girls who know uh, nothing who don't know any better yep, <laughs> they think yep. you're so profound yep, yep, yep. that sounds right that sounds right <laughs> yeah when i did that i'm like i just remember how good i kind of felt like mm-hmm. not drinking for like four months yeah and that was more like just spontaneous of anything i think somebody told me it's like i bet you couldn't dr- quit drinking i'm like i'll show you motherfucker right yeah i'll go for four months yep. and did and then i think it was the anniversary of my car accident we went and got drunk and then it just yeah but i'm like well let me try that again Mm-hmm. So I did, and then it's been just over two and a half years. So nice. I was like, yeah. So it was nice. Yeah, 2018 for me. So yeah. five, five, five years. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, and now all these fucking kids are getting sober, mm-hmm. and we're the fucking cool ones. Yeah, we've been here doing this, oh, motherfuckers. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Once again, posers. I, once again, I <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! Now they're all doing. Uh, all the companies are doing like, NA beers, like non-alcoholic oh, beers. Oh yeah, I've been seeing that everywhere. I'm yeah. like. But yeah, like I don't. Yeah. What? What's uh, one? I never understood the point. Yeah, like it doesn't taste very good. Yeah, anyways. I was like, like to me, it's always been like the replacement was always soda water lime. Yeah. Like, it just that like, gives me enough when I'm in a bar or if I'm out somewhere mm-hmm. that kind of gives me like okay, I'm not just drinking water. I have like some yeah. something there. Yeah, I'll be like. And then when like if you're carrying that cup, that glass or something like that, nobody's 
really question it. They've always got like yeah. vodka soda or something like that. They don't because that's that's the thing. Yeah. They peer pressure you. Yeah. Yeah. The first time, yeah, I was in Portsmouth and I was like, okay, I'm going to do a 90 day challenge. And if I make it 90 days, I'm going to buy myself a robot vacuum as a reward. Something stupid like that. Right. (laughs) And people would be like, oh, you're not drinking, like trying to peer pressure me. And I would just be like, I'm pregnant with a velociraptor. (laughs) And then they would start asking me questions about if I was really pregnant. And if you're a woman, it's assumed that if you're not drinking, you must be fucking pregnant. Oh, yeah. Which is insulting. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I started a, a bit, I started doing for a while is I would just show up to like Port City and. And people be like, oh, you're not drinking? i be like, I got really drunk before I came. <laughs> I had way too much. Yeah. And people would be like, why is this drunk girl yelling? I'd be like, I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> yelling. I'm uh, just yelling. I just, I'm just loud. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah. This just happens it's that It's the natural performer in you. Ugh. See, <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is like once I got sober, I did not want to perform anymore, Mm -hmm. which was really, I don't know if it was like the imposter syndrome or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like I basically was like, I only want to play shows at libraries and in elevators, like be the flight of the Concord essentially. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I like Amanda and I were like, we want to play shows at Saturday, Saturday or Sunday afternoon at like one o'clock. That's it. We don't like, because like what I learned about myself is that like I was a performing extrovert for a really long time, but I'm Mm -hmm. actually an introvert. Mm -hmm. And it was like, those shows take so much from me. Yeah. And like, I was drinking in order to be able to perform as an extrovert. And like, really it was like my nervous system was on overdrive and I'm, my pits are sweaty. (laughs) It's just like, you got swamp ass and you're like, I'm never going to get through this. Um, or you don't want to, you know, you want to be like Ray LaMontagne and, you know, turn your back to the crowd or whatever. And it's like, this anxiety is so real. And it's like, why and i think some of it too is like just playing in bars mm-hmm. is exhausting you have to shout over everyone no yeah. one's paying attention to you anyways you've been asked to play for three hours yeah and it's like no one's really gonna know if i play the song from the first hour i'm not going to but i could if you yeah. request miss ohio again sure i'll play it <laughs> oh i love miss ohio <laughs> oh sure i'll play it for this pub for the one millionth time and no i will not grit my teeth while i do yeah. it yeah See, the first song I remember you playing was, like, open mics. Because I started, like, yeah. thinking about getting into open the open mic scene. Me and my buddy Dan, who will be on the podcast next week. Nice. Uh, next, So, actually, two weeks from this, this episode. Because he's coming in on a Saturday. And then, well, whatever. That's that's inside baseball. Um, <laughs> was people would make you play Jolene. Oh, my God. All yeah. the time. I love Jolene. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she wrote that and what? Uh, What's the other song she wrote in the same day? Oh. Wasn't it Jolene and... Oh, did she write Code of Many Colors in the same No. Day? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this one. This... Fuck. She, she did. She's written hundreds Yeah, but there was like songs. two absolutely yeah. massive songs she wrote in the same day. Oh, God. She's incredible. I'll probably have to apologize. Was it I Will Always Love You? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think she wrote that and Jolene in the same day. I didn't know that. Which is... God, she's a goddess. Maybe it wasn't Jolene then, but I, there was... Either way. Yeah. I know incredible. it's I, I Will Always Love You and then there's another song she yeah. wrote the same day, which is she's just so phenomenal. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and, that song, pe- and I'll save that song for the end because it hurts my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then people request and I'll be like, okay. Yeah. I've been singing for three hours, but sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, open mics. I started like kind of seeing that and like anytime you would play, someone's like, Please, uh, sing Jolene. Sing Jolene. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what the fuck are they talking about? And yeah. You'd sing it. And that was always great. Thanks. Then, yeah, you're welcome. Oh. Uh, no, but going back real quick to meeting Springsteen, you talk about John Prine liking your oh, tweets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have like the fear that if I did, I would. 100% freeze oh. and just not be like uh, just like not be able to speak not be able to do anything like or just cry yeah <laughs> like it just, just, just be embarrassing yeah. and not be able to take a picture because I just look like a fucking mess yeah yeah mm. 
Yeah. 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 You would you would fangirl. Yeah, I would. That's yeah. what I said. I would turn into like uh like teenage girls when they see like the the newest Korean boy band. Yeah. And stuff like that, and just or be a girl meeting Nick Carter in nineteen ninety eight. The Beatles craze. Yeah. How that was even manufactured. Yeah. Um. Or yeah. I just listen to people at work. They don't like certain ones. Don't like the Beatles and blah blah blah. Oh gosh. And I'm like, I used to. I don't think the Beatles are the greatest thing ever. Like, yeah. I have a fun running joke, which I'm going to expose now. I've never actually talked oh, about it. Okay, okay. Anytime I talk about the Beatles on a podcast, I'll mention a different song and say that's the only good Beatles song. <laughs> but I always mention a different one each time. It. So it was like, eventually I was hoping to get to the point where, but it's fallen off so much. I can't remember last time yeah. I did it. That I was going to have like, I've named like 30 different songs that's that amazing. I'm like, that's the only good Beatles song. It's like 30 <laughs> different ones. Yeah. yeah. I feel like. Um, but I used to be that way. Like the Beatles are meh. Like, yeah. I don't get it. They're not good. And then I listened to. Oh, darling. And I was like, oh. this is so fucking incredible. Abbey Road is and incredible. it just opened my eyes, like, how Abbey great Road. all of it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I feel like, like, the Beatles are like want your course 101. Mm -hmm. When you're into music or when you decide you're going to play music, mm -hmm. that's 101. You mm -hmm. have to start there. You have to start with the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And if you're a songwriter, you gotta, Bob Dylan and John Prine gotta be in there. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, yeah, it's like if we were making a course here, those would be a part of it for yeah. sure. Oh, John Prine. Oh. Mm -hmm. and and jason isbell carrying mm -hmm. that songwriting torch so fantastic See, that's i always love talking about drive-by truckers and isbell yes because mike cooley is my favorite of the drive-by truckers yeah and i always like say i'm like you know how as great as isbell is he may have been the third best songwriter in that group <laughs> which is just is mind-boggling because mind isbell is incredible yeah like i'm like yeah. that's how great like there's like um i did I do like song reviews and stuff like that. I do oh, like nice. three songs of the week, or it used to be five, and then eventually episodes started becoming like two hours long. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I gotta cut it back a little. Yeah, so yeah. I turned it into three songs. I did Eyes Like Glue by Cooley, and it, that whole song is just mm. so introspective. And it's also like basically telling his son, you know, like, hey, you're, you're like, these are things that I was never told. So I'm yeah. giving you these so you can be better than me. Yeah. And it's it's such a beautiful song. It's just like a little simple guitar. Oh. I, they play it on their live. I had the live um, in awesome. Muscle shows like 2014. It's when all three of them got back together for like mm -hmm. just a couple of solo shows. And he plays that song and you literally hear Isabel at the end. He's like, that's such a goddamn great song. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And it's like yeah. that, that, you know, what you're talking about, that reminds me like that song is like about breaking generational traumas. Mm -hmm. Like in order to break the cycle of bullshit that your parents went through that they, mm -hmm. you know, inflicted on you, whatever. Yeah. Um, you have to address it and say, this thing sucks. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do that thing anymore. And yeah. I want better for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you how to be better through action. Not just some bullshit fancy yeah. words. Yeah. Cause now, uh, see, let's see. Ice like glue. That's, that's 10 years ago. That's big to do. They just released another record last year. Welcome to club 13. And there's a song that he writes on there. It's more about his son going through problems that he's wondering how much of these problems he's responsible, that he, as his father, is responsible mm, for. That's powerful. And, oh, yeah. I was like, powerful. and it's, and like I said, like, it's so weird that they've been around for 25 years now. And I'm like, they're, they're in their 60s. Yeah. I'm like, they still just write such fucking great jams. Yeah, seriously. And, and they it, put on great shows still. Like, yeah. high energy shows. Like, yeah. Fucking Patterson is about to jump into the goddamn crowd. And he's like, you don't want that because he's like 6'5". Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think like I I don't know about you, but I love getting older. Mm-hmm. Like I can't wait. I'm getting. I'm point like I am so. I have a fucking reading chair. It's, yeah, you're you're a meemaw too. <laughs> yeah. I'm a meemaw. That's what that's what me and Amanda, my bandmates, say. We're like, oh meemaw. Like when yeah. we get together to practice, like we practiced. Uh, we we jammed last weekend and we got together at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Like mm-hmm. that's what we do. We're gonna play shows in elevators and libraries at 1 yeah. p.m. Um, but like I just love getting old, older, and like my songwriting gets better every mm-hmm. year. Like I'll never be able to, you know it's hard to remember how something was after the fact. Mm-hmm. So that's what like songwriting is powerful. Cause you can write about it while you're in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like while you're going through the depression, like, right. Like when I wrote the song too much. Um, and as I get older, they just get better and better. And the metaphors get better. The stories get better and you hone, you really hone your craft. And then there's the other side of that where people will be like, Oh, I've always wanted to learn to play guitar. And it's like, I'm talking to you, you're like 30. Mm-hmm. You've always wanted, you've always wanted to, mm-hmm. then why haven't you? Like you yeah. can, any of you can anytime. Right. It's, it's just gotta yeah, want to do it. Well, that's like the saying, like, you know, certain people like they want to go back to school or they want to learn something. It's like, well, if it's going to take me like four years to be good at it, why would I do it? It's like, well, yeah. you could be 30 learning to do it or you could be 34 regretting you didn't, tr- that yeah. you would know it by now. Yeah. And like, it's like, if, yeah, it's just one of those things like I'll be 34 when I get out of college. Cool. It's cool. better being 34 without the degree. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're never too late to try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like. I think you might get, to, like, you know, me, I have issues playing guitar just because car accidents and just being old. I got wonky pinky. Yeah. Like, my, my pinky yeah. doesn't like to work and it's just like. That's why I play a four stringed yeah. instrument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I have. A little tiny dude. Yeah. <laughs> my uke. My left handed uke. So cute. Yeah. And then. I completely lost my train of thought again. Um, oh, yeah, like, never been too late to learn. It's like, yeah, I'm very limited to what I can do guitar, but I can still, you know, at a campfire, they gave me a left-handed guitar, which, who's, beside, like, I'm bringing my own guitar to the party, basically. Yeah. I'm the guy who has to do that. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if you want me to play, I, I am, to, too. Yeah. I play a tenor, so. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, mm-hmm. I'll have to, you know, I can be the campfire guy. Like, yeah. oh, I'll play three chords and the truth. Yeah. You play Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Oh, yeah. I'll do that every single time. And every girls single are just time. like, oh, my God. I know. Nobody's ever felt that way before. No, no one's ever sang that song. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait till you get to, uh, oh, shit. Uh, wait till they play Wonderwall again? No. Uh, I was thinking <laughs> of the other, like, one of the other Poison songs. Oh. Uh, Talk Dirty to Me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Something like that. Wait till I play that song. And you're like, the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Whew. I always have this fun idea of Poison that... Three members of the band, the bassist, guitarist, drummer, all understood exactly what they were about, which was being in the 80s and trying to get laid and just playing rock music. Yeah. And then you had Brett Michaels, who thought <laughs> they were the fucking Beatles <laughs> and thought they were the most profound band and just like, Every Rose Has a Thorns, the deepest fucking song that's ever been written. It's yeah. Hey Jude of its generation. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, the rest of them like, yeah, that's what we are, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's what, to me, makes them so enjoyable to listen to is that you have one person who thinks they're the greatest thing that's ever happened to music and three guys are like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, the the guitar player from Stone Temple Pilots did a project and put out an album and it's like mostly instrumental mm-hmm. and it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. I think his his group is called like Trip the Witch or something. Yeah. I just started listening like, to wait, it yesterday. The, uh, I was like, that's shit. actually not bad. Navarro? No. No, no, no. No, I can't what? think of his name. DeLeo? Wait a second. 
No, I'm thinking of Jane's Addiction. I, I mixed up Stone Temple Pilots and Jane's oh, Addiction. Oh, yeah. I head. mean, they're all the same. Yeah. All those bands sound so similar. But, yeah. like, um, we were playing we, – we sometimes used to do, like, the Short North. We would mm-hmm. play there when they had, like, their art crawls or whatever. And this guy at the Verizon was like, you guys sound like Alanis Morissette doing country music. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very clear that I was a child of 90s music yeah. for sure because it's, like – grungy we've called it like folk noir we've (laughs) called it country metal we've called it all kinds of things i mean right now we're into really making like i don't know more like uh what, what did Amanda call it? She called it, um, like, intentional music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, music with meaning. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is some woke shit for yeah. sure. Have your own little genre that only mm-hmm. you're a part of. Yeah, apparently. So saw, yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen, like, so many, like, new genres of music. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'll listen to it. I'm like, there's no difference between this genre. <laughs> like, I, bedroom pop. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what's that? It's like, oh, they just, they make the music in their bedroom. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't realize... I guess the geography is a part of genre, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, cause you have I Appalachian play... folk, you have Texas folk or Texas country and Nashville, like the it's differences. So, you know, yeah. yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, people yeah. be like, what kind of music do you play? And I'm like, I sing and write songs. Yeah. Like, I don't know what genre it is. Mm-hmm. If you do you want me to play you something right now and you can decide because yeah. really you, you'll have to decide. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm, I always say is like, I'm in the country chords of like G, C, D or something yeah. like that. If I write something myself, mm-hmm. I can't do punk. As much as I want to sometimes just like just fucking turn the distortion way oh, up yeah. and just like you have no idea what this sounds like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I usually I always had this like fun genre of like, oh, these are Texas songs dreaming about California. That's like that's mm-hmm. the whole genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it's like basically some guy in Texas like, oh, one day I'm going to go to California and I'm going to make it big yeah. you know, or something like that, you know, gold rush or something like yeah. that. Like that whole idea. I'm like, that's sometimes what my genre, I guess would fall into. I'm just like, Oh, this guy who's just basically, just, it's this basically Springsteen who never worked. Out. <laughs> it's like, you know, just like yeah. you're dreaming big, you're going to get out of this town. You're going to, you know, you know, all that stuff. And then, Springsteen on Broadway he has the best line. He's like, you know, I'm Mr. Born to Run. I'm the guy. Go out there and chase your dreams. Like, I now live like 10 minutes from my hometown. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so he's That's like, awesome. no, I, I ended up right back where I started. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's all perspective. And well, it's the fun. whole, like, Lord of the Rings. There and back again. It's not a journey yeah. if you don't come home. Mm-hmm. But then it was all different when Frodo came home. It was all different. Yeah. He's he like, was different. How, yeah. He was changed. He changed. He changed. And he's like, I have to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> There's this Gollum guy. I've always thought about that, like having these like movies, like Lord of the Rings or these very serious topics, serious movies, mm-hmm. then always having one moment where it's just like almost like train spotting where he jumps down the toilet or it's like completely <laughs> just universe breaking. Like what the fuck what just, just happened? What just happened here? Like I would like that, you know, like uh, in the movie and Return of the King, Frodo leans back and he feels like the scar or whatever. And I just wish he would like, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like what the hell yeah i'll um elvira movies sometimes and yeah. my family's like please don't you're just making us laugh this is supposed to be serious we're supposed to be crying right now yeah. and i'm like sorry i couldn't yeah. help myself <laughs> mst3k yeah. it yeah oh it's weird yeah oh yeah mm. hmm you got anything else i've i can i have all kinds of things i can talk like what I mean, you know, I can talk for hours. But I know you can. I'm We've a talker. almost at two hours. No, we're not. Yeah, we're hour fifty-two. Holy shit! You're not at the record, so. Who's the record, Lauren? Jake. Jake was two Jake? two hours and twenty minutes, I think. So what do you? You've just... met you've met Jake before, mm-hmm. actually. You don't remember it. I do remember it. Okay. One, I have, I have a fucking ridiculously great memory. Awesome. I love but it. But 
there's also another reason why I remember this. It's sports related. Mm. It's uh, the same night the Boston Bruins beat the Montreal Canadiens, not the Montreal, the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game Seven of the opening round. The reason I remember that game was because the Bruins were down four-one with eleven minutes left, came back and won the game. Amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Can't but it. it was a third Thursday. Um, I don't think we, if we knew each other, it was very minimal. Like mm-hmm. we may not even like you probably didn't know my name. I just knew you because oh, Casey Smith's coming to play. Like, or something like that. So you may not even know who I was just yet, but it was a third Thursday. It was right when they were, like, kind of moving it. It was, mm-hmm. like, it was Dickens. It was all these different places they were That's trying right. it. And then they tried it at Steins. And it was inside where mm-hmm. the pool tables were, God, are now. Terrible. Yeah. No room. Right. And Dennis was playing. And you were being loud, I guess. Of course. <laughs> but uh, Jake's buddy Todd said something because I think you screamed in his ear and you said something and he said something or something like that. It wasn't like being mean. Oh, yeah. And like you just turned around and you just like screamed right now. <laughs> 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 He's like, oh, because I think he was thought he was like, oh, I'm going to try a flirt with her or something like that. Yeah. And he'd try and then you just like shut it right now. <laughs> Man, I then I think like, I think we kind of like talked a little bit like that. So like that's like the time you would have met Jake. Okay. Like that's like I said, I can remember I'm sorry, that. Jake, I'm sorry, I'm a t- I'm a total fucking dick. See, Jake would never remember that either. That's amazing. Jake claims that facial blindness as well. I don't I don't remember that event, so I must have been a drinking, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I was too. But, but it like sounds, I said, like, sounds very. Like I, said, I also have a different connection to that night as yes. well, so why I can remember yeah. that for some reason. But I yeah. like I, said, I can remember so many little details about nothing. Sounds on brand for me, though, like yeah. someone trying to say something to me and then me being like, we talked like a little bit and then like basically that was like towards the end of the night, I think. But yeah, like I said, I had the Bruins memory because I was like thinking like, like if I talk about Jake, would she remember Jake? I'm like she never has met Jake. And then that whole memory, just the whole fucking scene. I'm like, oh, yeah, Dennis was playing music. It's at Stein's. It's the time when Third Thursday was a thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Donnie, like, that's also the night the Bruins beat that's, the Maple Leafs. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. a, the last time I was at Stein's was actually with you, and it was the same night I met Jeremy. Um, we were both sitting at the bar. Snowstorm? Yeah, snowstorm. Yeah. Exactly, snowstorm. Yep, yep, I remember that because we I were... I was smoking a cigar. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why I'm smoking this. Yep. I was like... I did not know that you met Jeremy that night. Yeah, I met him that night, and I was like, I'm giving that guy out there a chance to leave if he wants to. <laughs> and if he and if he doesn't leave while I'm smoking the cigar, I'm going to go right back in there and nab him. <laughs> <laughs> Old Jer Bear. Old Jer Bear. Yeah. Does he hate being called Jer Bear? No, we call him Jer Bear. Damn it. Call... Jer Bear, so... Jay Bear. We're the... um, when we got married... The, the same day he asked me, I was like, I'm keeping my last name. And he mm-hmm. was like, no, you're not. And I was like, rock, paper, scissors. And he lost. So ah. he won't play me anymore. But I said that I would agree to change my last name to Bear. We could all change our last name to Bear, which obviously didn't happen. But that would have uh, been cool. Could, Casey Bear. Yeah, Casey Bear. <laughs> or, or like K-Bear. Like, yeah. I go with all those things. Mm-hmm. Instead, I just have to be Casey Smith. Mm. Very rare last name. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably, what, your Gmail is probably Casey Smith 145. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm Casey Smith at Gmail. No, not yeah. really. It's like six Smith C R six. Yeah, yeah. Sounds they have like to give you like, like yeah. There's there's like so many of them. Like, we can't even put a number. It at took the end me of that. like twenty minutes to get the combination. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what somebody has the monster eight the pilot Gmail because I was starting to open up. It may be me even <laughs> that I did it like one night. Yep. Like oh, I'm gonna do this email and I forgot and yep. I, I'd do Been that. There. And they wanted me to put numbers at it. I'm like, well, if I'm gonna like advertise the email i don't have to put fucking random numbers yeah. and tell people oh four three five or yeah i just put the show the show <laughs> yeah monster it's all which i think my biggest issue is that i put the i put periods in between each word so it's monster period eight period the period pilot that's like i don't know stylized it looks cool but as 
searching for stuff, it's not the easiest thing to yeah. find. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, but that, yeah, that was that was my dream of a band name was Monster Ate the Pilot because I just thought like poster wise, I'm like that you have so cool. yeah you have so many options of like just posters or yeah. whatever, and then I had like if everybody asked for the deep meaning, I came up with the whole word. I'm like, oh, it's like all about anxiety and like yeah, the like monster it. of depression, like eating nice. the pilot, which is you. I'm like. Nice. I just came up with that like right now. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I <laughs> yeah. like it. People are like, wow, you guys are so profound. I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever. Nothing like Gas Station oh. Baby, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gas Station Baby has an important meaning. Like, Monster <laughs> the Pilot comes from Lost. Yeah. Like, the car- uh, Charlie's playing guitar and getting a haircut. He's like, this one's called Monster Eats the Pilot. And I always thought it was eight. For some reason, I forgot it was Eats the Pilot. And mm-hmm. I thought it was Eight the Pilot. Now, I'm 60 episodes in, it's too late. Because <laughs> like, I like I, it. Yeah. I like it. I like the past tense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so are you going to start another band like the, the same name? Why not just keep using the same name? That's what I like. Basically, anything I create would just go underneath the Monster yeah. the Pilot name. So if I end up getting to a band, it's like, oh, cool. You guys are in a band called this. You have no say. Yeah. This is my Nine Inch Nails, basically. Yeah. Like, like you know, you're the part of my band. Yeah, you're. And then yeah. nobody officially knows that you're in the band except me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Atticus Ross shows up. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So 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 are you looking to play with people? I want to just to get back into it and like yeah. like I said it just how much growth goes in like just playing alongside people. Mm-hmm. My biggest issue like last year like I, I was in management and like it mm. sucked up all my time. Like just yep. the extra time, the extra energy. Exactly. So like just not playing as much. Like I didn't read at all last year. Oh my gosh. Like at all. Like I did not finish a book. Why wasn't that your canary in the coal mine? Ugh. That end up being by. Right. I tried to step down. Um, my ma- my general manager just ignored it and just kept moving. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I was just like, hey, I'm just going. I I think this is what I'm going to do. He's yeah. Like, he's like, and then he just changed subjects, kept moving. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Which I I love my GM. Like, yeah. He's no longer with the company now. Yeah. He had his own issues, um, drinking issues, which I should have picked up on. But like he would talk about drinking, but he never talked depth. Mm-hmm. But he started talking to me about therapy, and I think I should have picked up that red flag, but mm-hmm. I didn't. But He's getting help now, so that's good. That's good. But then um, he basically had a mental breakdown mm. and, like, left, like, the job. So yeah. I just took that. I was like, well, there's nothing stopping me now. So yeah. I sent it directly to HR. I'm stepping down. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, like, I didn't play m- music for four months mm-hmm. last year while I was chief of staff. I've never gone that long mm-hmm. since I've been playing music. It's my – it is my therapy. It's yeah. how I process the world. I don't always do a good job at – um, I'm much better at expressing my emotions now. The older I get, the more I cry and the more I tell people I love them. But mm-hmm. like, I don't even know me. No one knows themselves. We're mm-hmm. on a constant mission to excavate whatever that is. Yeah. And when something I heard recently, and I think it's very profound and, and true, like when you start digging, you got to put the dirt back and where are you getting that dirt from? Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of energy to do those things. And, mm-hmm. and so like not playing music was a canary in the coal mine. And mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta, I really gotta go. What have you, your body has been telling you. Yeah. I had to make a contract with my body that I was going to leave. And, and then my brain is still like, well, no, 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 no. And then I started doing research and found out that my gut has uh, 200,000 neurons. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I have a belly brain and I can <laughs> trust it. It's like, I needed some kind of science yeah. to tell me that it was okay. It's so stupid yeah it's ridiculous and it's again like like how would you talk to a little kid or how would you talk to your friend or mm-hmm. how do you talk to your inner child like yeah. those things are all so important you know it's like that idols song um television mm. it's like you know 
if someone talked to you the way that you do to you, I'd put their teeth through. Yeah. Love yourself. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. Idols. Yeah. Mm, they're so great. Oh, that's like, that's one thing I'm still trying to cope with, with sobriety is shows. Yeah. Because, um, the first show I went to post COVID was, uh, was a eighties cover band called Pleather. Nice. Which was, which was fun. I went with Jake and I went with, uh, Dave. So that was like, you know, I had like, friends i had the buffer all that stuff the first show i went to sober was rustin kelly by myself and the big reason i could do that was because that's he's also sober and that's a big part of his music is his journey of sobriety and he Mm -hmm. overdosed a few years ago and all that and he survived he married uh oh shit moran not lambert um casey musgraves and now they're divorced so (laughs) (laughs) but whatever um but i had tickets to idols Mm. And my buddy Nick was going. I'm like, okay, that that gets me good. But then he messaged me he's like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to make it. Mm. Blah blah blah. I'm like, and that started giving me anxiety. I'm like, can I go to a, a fucking hardcore show? Uh, yeah. And around all that, I all by myself, and I got really fucking anxious about it. Yeah. And I came home like, I'll just go to sleep, and I'll use that as an excuse why I don't go. Is that I oh I slept through it. And I wake up and Nick texts me at like seven thirty. Like, hey man, you here yet? <laughs> like you son of a bitch. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So did you go? No. I did not Aww, go because at that point it was like it was like eight thirty nine. Yeah. I'm like, uh. And then the same thing. Uh, fucked up. Played. David comes to life, which is one of my favorite records. It's like, not like I'm not super into hardcore, or, like screaming or yelling yeah. vocals or anything like that. But for some reason, I love David comes to life. I fucked up. It's a great record. Um, it's a whole rock opera about classism, socialism, all this fun stuff. Yeah. It's, it's great. But, um. They they were playing just that record because it was like they're supposed to do the tenth anniversary, but that was twenty twenty one. So COVID knocked it back to 2022 and I had, it was an Ace of Cups and then same thing. I got super anxious about being in Ace of Cups for a yeah. hardcore show by myself. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. And I missed that. I'm like, oh. I used the excuse of like, I was get this was set to come in the day after. I'm like, well, I got to get this place clean. So I was like, waited till the last second to get everything ready. So yeah. like I was having all these random skills. So I'm trying to get to the point where. You'll be just fine going by yourself or, you know, I went to drive-by truckers with Chris Moore. I went to drive-by truckers with Jake. Like, I've gone to shows, but mm-hmm. it's like I've gone to a few by myself. I just need to get more comfortable doing it. But I still have so uh, social sobriety anxiety about going out. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I basically decided because I also have, like, um, like people claustrophobia, mm-hmm. like, at concerts sporting events all that like it feels like the world is closing in and I'm like i'm a, i'm about to have a panic attack because there's way too many people way too close um so like at nelsonville like chris moore and i like we sit our chairs in the back mm-hmm. we like old people we set up chairs and that's Does how he we wear watch the, shows. the alabama shirt that has that is basically peeling off it's the falling speck. apart yeah. yes over top of a long sleeve I shirt and then with a bucket hat yes 100 yeah. percent. i love that shirt it's so great so much it's so like great. uh he we went to the drive-by trucker show in ashland mm-hmm. and i get there and like i come in i just see that shirt and i'm like what the fuck is that <laughs> thing he's like oh yes it's my show shirt my show shirt i'm like and that just falling apart the shoulders are like it's literally you could if you touched it it would start peeling off yes. Yeah. And it's incredible. It's brilliant. He's he better. He's coming on the podcast the twenty second, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's when he's coming up. Yeah, he told me. Yeah, I told him he's. I was like, "You're way cooler than me." And he's like, "What? What are you talking?" I'm like, "No, you're way cooler than me." Like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm like, he better wear that fucking shirt. Yeah, better wear that shirt. Yeah, he'll text me every once, in a while, especially when during the music stuff. I yeah. pick a band, a certain band. He's like, "I'm so glad you put that band in there." Hell yeah. Usually the weaker, like when I put the weaker yes. bands in there. Oh god. Yeah, he loves the weaker bands. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we, um, yeah, so, like, we'll set up chairs or, like, I'll only go to, like, theaters where you can sit down, but that still feels claustrophobic sometimes, mm-hmm. like, those shows where people are really, like, um, I saw Gogo Bordello at Scully's. Oh. oh, who told me about that? It was a show. Oh, it, it was, um, Liza? was it Scully's? I thought it was Roomba. I saw him at Scully's, like, many years ago. Okay, because, um, Chris told me about that. He told me about that because he couldn't remember who it was. He came up here... With me, Justin, Bell, and uh, Jake, we mm-hmm. went and watched American Aquarium at the Bluestone. Mm-hmm. And as we were walking back, like uh, he said something about like I thought he said Roomba because I said something about watching. He might have went separately because I no, went he, with a. He mentioned you specifically. We saw Felice Brothers at Roomba. Then maybe I'm just kind of mixing the stories together. But he mentioned you guys watched Gorgo. Oh yeah, I think yeah. we saw Gogo Bordello at Nelsonville too. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, but he was talking like the gypsy stuff. Yeah, the you know, gypsy. I, gypsy I, rock, I can't yeah. remember if he said gypsy or not, but he, he, the way he was describing, I'm like. I have no idea what you're talking about. As I walk back to the car, I was like, oh, go, go, Badello. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, that would have been a fucking incredible show. <laughs> and it, it wasn't incredible. Because yeah. Scully's is the one that, like, you kind of walk down and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so like, I started in the middle of the crowd. I had a friend who worked at CD 102 or whatever yeah. at the time, and she got tickets. Um, so, I don't think Chris Moore was at this one. So, it was a separate one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, by the, like, three quarters of the sh- I was pushed to the front. Yeah. I wasn't even trying to get to the front, but yeah. I was now touching the stage. <laughs> it was just so much movement. And so, yeah. so, like, I still drank then. I know I couldn't do that now. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. Like, um, we were at Nelsonville during sober time, and Gillian Welch was on stage. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen her, and she's one of my favorite songwriters. Yeah. And there were these drunk teenagers, like 17, 16, very young, next to me, and they were being really loud. And I just turned to them with my mom voice, and I was like this is not that kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's what I've turned into. <laughs> and they were immediately like, Rrr. yeah, because like I asked one of the other ones, I was like, how old are you? <laughs> I was like, such excuse, a mom. In excuse that me. Where are your parents? right Where now? are your parents? Yeah. What drugs are you on? Get out of excuse here. Excuse me. I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to them right now. You're being rude. I'm going to talk. I'm going to see if security would get these people out of here. <laughs> I would never do that. But it was like raining and everyone around me is like crying because it's so beautiful because yeah. they're like playing in the rain and here's these little like drunks giggling because they're finally off their, you know, I was yeah. a teenager once. I get, oh, yeah. just get out of here. Do it somewhere else. Yeah. See, that's like, it always keeps me from like saying stuff to yeah. people is I'm like, I did the same fucking thing. I did the same thing. Yeah. And I, and I, just, and I was, I know I was loud while Dennis was playing. Like I get, I did <laughs> yeah. the same thing, yeah. but I'm like. Now I'm, like, old enough to be, like, I'll say something to you and just let you know that you are impeding those around you. Mm-hmm. I wish someone would have said something to yeah. me for being a fucking brat. Yeah. I remember one night, uh, super drunk, Brandon. I actually took, like, a Saturday off, but I still went to the pub anyway. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was like, did. March Madness. I used to be a huge Syracuse fan. They were in the Final Four. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. I actually have the Saturday off. I'll get to watch it. I started, like, the brewery, and I ended up at Port City for a little bit and watched the game. They lost, which they weren't even supposed to be there, so whatever. But I ended up at Stein's, and I am so fucking drunk at Stein's that, like, uh, Bree uh, Hill, who's also agreed to come on the podcast. Huh? I have so many guests so fucking many guests. I finally, awesome. I basically started spring cleaning early and started getting all my ass and doing things that I'm like, oh, I need to do this. Because, nice. like, when Aaron told me about Appalachian, I started, like, racking my brain. I'm like, who should I, like, I should bring somebody on to talk a little bit more about it. Because, like I said, I don't have, I'm, I don't even understand it. Like, I'm so, I guess it's ingrained in me in a yeah. certain way. Or, like, I just don't connect with it. Yeah. I'm like, well, Casey, you know, plays music that way. She's also from like, mixed. I know she was kind of mm-hmm. not from Scioto, but you're from like Appalachian, Ohio. Very proper. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I could bring her on. And then eventually I'm like, it took me like two weeks to finally like text like, hey, do you want to be on the show? And it's like, mm-hmm. there was like three times I went to do it. Then I got busy and yep. then it just was gone. Then I'm like, oh, let's fucking do it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I have like five people now. What That's was awesome. I talking about before this? Oh, something 
Oh, Bree said that. You, how much do you remember last night? I'm like, well, I'm, you know, having a good time. It's like you yelled, "Shut the fuck up!" Like 45 to 50 times. <laughs> like just screamed at it. Like anytime somebody said something, you're like, "Shut the fuck up!" Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It's like at one time, I I remember bumping into a guy at the pool table. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, so you know, I apologize immediately because I bumped into him. Like I stepped back and bumped into him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sorry. He's like, that dude wanted to fucking beat the shit out of you. I'm like, I just bumped into him. Also, yeah. I'm like, well, at the same time, is this loud ass drunk dude screaming, shut the fuck up, repeatedly <laughs> bumped into me? I'm like, I'm gonna punch this fucking dude in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ah. But it's also one of those dudes who literally showed up at Saturday at one in the afternoon uh, and played pool until they kicked him out at the end yeah. of the night. Yeah. Wore a white beater, wife beater, whatever uh, they call them. Those yeah. are the worst. I forbid yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, like, I mean, I think, like, it took me a while to realize, like, how Appalachian I was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like that thing where, like, people outside of Appalachia say Appalachia. Oh, yeah. It's that softening of the word. Like, yeah. it's not that bad. Like, if you just look away, you won't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really started to just stop denying my experience mm-hmm. because it was the whole, like, don't cry. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. There's no, there's no fucking crying in baseball. Girl, girl, you're not allowed to cry. Like yeah. that whole toxic masculinity thing and like not wearing your heart on your shoulder. Don't air your dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. That was very ingrained. Like I never saw my mom show emotion. And and so I like, I, I got rid of the accent, right? Mm-hmm. I, I denied that I was mm-hmm. even from Appalachia. There's a great uh, Dolly Parton's America podcast episode about like, people feeling like they have to get rid of their accent because they sound stupid like when i drank i would sound like a total total hillbilly yeah and that persona was called millie (laughs) (laughs) and i'll I'll slip into it sometimes Mm -hmm. but it's like it's really sad that we felt like we had to like wash ourselves Mm -hmm. change our wear a mask yeah to be a part of the greater culture the greater in quotations but like why are why are people in Appalachia less than? Why are we treated less than? Mm-hmm. And like coming to Columbus made me honestly realize it even more and how people how much people are disconnected and how different those experiences are. Mm-hmm. I would tell stories and people like Amanda thought that the gas station being born at a gas station she she thought that was a made up story for a yeah. long time. She thought it was just being funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, these stories are all real. I swear. Yeah. Like I don't know about you, but I was. 13 getting drunk in a field mm. next to a bonfire yeah, with big everyone far. else big old big far, old far. <laughs> big old far down by the creek yeah no oh, the creek the yeah. old creek yeah i guess like i dropped the accent i never liked the sound of twang from myself like you know i used to i'd say home differently mm. when i was growing up mm-hmm. it'd be like home or i don't even know yeah. how to say it anymore but i'd have that and somebody pointed out to me and i just I'm like i hate how it sounds in my head even mm. So I worked hard like to drop it. I'm like, I'm just going to drop this accent. Yeah. And I sound nothing. <laughs> and then for some reason, I picked up being Bostonian, apparently. <laughs> the guy was Nick the Greek. That was the driver's name. He was Nick. His uh, family owned an island in Greece, like a little small, like Lemon Grove or something like that. Yeah. He's like, they owned it. I'm like, why are you fucking yeah, not, you why are you not there? Go he's there. Like, he's like, uh, he's like, his parents own it. When they die, his brother gets it. He's <laughs> like, he gets like, he's um, like, no. he's like, yeah, he like he gets the i can't remember how it works anymore sorry nick if you're listening sorry nick the greek <laughs> yeah nick the greek mr uh sounds like a band it's a cool band name yeah or he sounds like a a fighter or a mobster mm. maybe he was but he was talking about how expensive i'm like you know it was like mm. i don't know it wasn't that expensive but not living there as he says like living here is completely different it's like yeah the prices of burgers are like the same in every city and it's like uh i'm like yeah it's like i didn't think about that he's like yeah living it was like dude like I have to do this. Like I have to do this and my full time job to even have a chance to make rent. I'm like, that's uh, so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like the wealth inequality in our country mm-hmm. and like 
the fact that like three people have more money than like 50 percent whatever yeah you know, whatever that number is it's absurd yeah and so many people are suffering people in appalachia like and you look down on them and they're like oh they don't have teeth or there's shows making mm-hmm. fun of them or whatever but like there's a lot of generational trauma there that is mm-hmm. caused by systemic problems mm-hmm. with the government yeah oh yeah watch what what was the show on uh hulu it was all about the uh epi- opioid imp- epidemic Oh. Uh, sick freak or something. I can't watch I, those. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, that, yeah. that's you know, like you watch that shows like that's exactly what happened to my hometown. Like that's yeah, literally exactly. what happens. Like they, they said, oh, these things that are highly addictive make people just have to continuously come back so we can make a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Just pump yeah. them, pump them into these poor areas. I've, I have a relative who is, um, let's see, forty four and was in a nursing home recently because they were septic mm-hmm. <sighs> from because from drug use and yeah. it's just like it's so sad and mm-hmm. it's so fucked up and why did that happen because people wanted to make money mm-hmm. and they pushed prescriptions to make money it's always about money it's not those people's fault and it's yeah. just like they want to point like ooh, they're gross but it's like yeah i think and then like they didn't really get trouble for that they got in trouble when Rich kids started yeah, getting in on it. Yeah, when rich kids, yeah, rich kids finally, got in on it. Not that's, when the poor kids. When the poor yeah. kids died, those numbers. That's don't what they matter. always say. Like you know, Bernie Madoff didn't get in trouble for screwing over poor people. He got in yeah. trouble for screwing over rich yeah, people. Yeah, it's such a fucked system. Yeah, and it's. Uh, but no, I had I graduated with a kid who had no teeth. Yeah. But because of meth use, by the end of yeah. high school, he had no teeth. Sad. Um, like a couple of years ago, this is like four or five years ago. I was probably 26, 27. My brother showed me a picture of somebody else I graduated with. <sighs> they looked every bit of sixty years old, yeah. no teeth, just done they got arrested one of the big heroin busts yeah and it's like it's depression and you can look at this people like oh well they were really messed up but what were they going through like what's Mm -hmm. happening on the inside the second one was he was a drug baby his mom died of an overdose she was super high when she had him and all that stuff Mm. like you know so he had you know mental capacity was not great against him yeah so he's like he had no chance yeah like that was literally his only route in life was straight to where he i don't know if he's still alive or not yeah he was a crazy fucking kid, too. <laughs> but right. the, uh, well, and I he wanted to those... fight everybody, but that's also part of, you know, growing up with a mom who was all fucked up yeah. and having to fend for himself all yeah. the time. And I think about all those things all the time. Like, I saw what I needed to do to get out. If I didn't have those optics, I could be on a street or mm-hmm. in a homeless shelter or mm-hmm. knocked up at 16, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's so many different possibilities, and I don't think that... I think that people are getting more empathy, but I still think that, like, rich people, privileged people, they're, they're still not empathetic enough, and mm-hmm. they still don't, like, they just, they live on their own planet. Yeah. And it's, I wish that they would just look a little, go experience some things, get yeah. out of your little rich bubble, mm-hmm. and go experience some life. Did you see, there's a YouTuber, his name is Mr. Beast, he's fucking the biggest YouTuber, apparently. I don't watch any of these things. I don't things. know who that it's is. It's mostly dedicated, like, I think all of his content's, like, games, ded- it's mostly oh, okay. dedicated, like, teenagers i would at least my assumption but he just like donated a whole bunch of money so like i think it was a hundred thousand people can get implants to was it see yeah a glaucoma wow yeah he donated so a hundred thousand people could see and it's like why did he have to do that yeah exactly. why did this individual yeah. youtuber have to do yeah. this <laughs> it's seriously like, it's like that's like it's incredible he did that and like he does that stuff where he just gives away money like all the time it's like you know oh we're playing this game if you, you know, plan yeah. grant that thought if you kill me you'll win five thousand dollars and he'll yeah. just give this person five thousand dollars for killing him in a game it's amazing. like he'll just do that i'm like yeah. that's awesome that's but awesome. it's like 
why does he have to yeah. do that <laughs> all these rich people are like hoarding their money for what like yeah you are you are gonna die dude mm-hmm. i don't know if you know this but yeah. like can't take it with you n- yeah. n- regardless of all of these people mm-hmm. or all of the money you have all the things you do you are going to die yeah um and i'm uh like i said that earlier i was i'm, I'm a fan of the stoics and like Marco, Marcus Aurelius's meditations has a lot of great sayings and I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with mm-hmm. it. Um, but like talking about like, no matter what has happened in the past or the future, like we all have this moment right now and it's mm-hmm. how you act in this moment. And I think that just these, these rich folks, they're yeah. just so focused on like their future wealth and compounding that for mm-hmm. a legacy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because all that's so much, so generational, yeah. it becomes kind of, like it's that's their only existence is like oh my Oof. my father was this my grandfather was this and yeah. all this stuff it's like i have to continue that and it's like a different type of societal yeah. pressure that disconnects you from the rest and of that society. i don't understand yeah i don't understand like, rich culture yeah me either <laughs> i don't understand people what, who can't um, figure out how to park their yachts there's a comedian named andrew santino he was i can't remember what he was on but he was talking about he met george soros's son hmm. and he said it was he was so he's like he wasn't like bad weird he was just he had no connection to anything. Yeah. Like he was just, he was just like no high, no low. He was mm. just this all the time because yeah. literally any second he wanted to, he could just get a plane and go across the world. Yeah. He can go anywhere he wants just like that. Yeah. And it's like, and that, that is a problem. And they have mm. tantrums when they don't get what they want. Yeah. Those people. Um, he says like, he says like he was nice and he was cool. He's like, he just like, you know, you could just tell he didn't connect to anything. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no, cause like, he doesn't have to because he can have anything at any second. Yeah. yeah, I had this. Um, I was forced at a fancy event recently to sit with Ooh. four Republicans. Aww. but it was like a work event for someone, so I had to be had to keep my mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> one of them was a former aide to Donald Trump. Nothing wrong with Republicans. Mm-hmm. I can I can hear out anyone. I just don't you know appreciate the you know grabbing of pussies and uh, uh you know yeah. women's autonomy and whatnot well, being you know. Excuse me, Casey. That's locker room talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is locker room talk my bad yeah. um but like one of them so they were asking us like how we like marysville schools and this and that yeah. and jeremy started to say that like our daughter ave is an introvert and it's been really good for her mm-hmm. and because she has like all these friends and she's found her tribe and weirdos whatever and and he starts to say this guy yeah she's an introvert and he, he immediately cuts him off and says oh no i hope you have a good church <laughs> Church is a cure for introversion, which is yeah. a disease I've learned recently. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's just one small example. But the real mm. thing I learned from this event was that, like, okay, all of them had fathers in politics mm-hmm. from what they were all talking about at the table. And if you go into politics, in theory, you start at, like, city council, right? And you work mm-hmm. your way up. Those positions don't even make, like, 15 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Literally, the only people who can afford to be in politics are people with daddy's money. Mm-hmm. And that made me really depressed during that event. But I was like, I've learned something very valuable today. Yep. Ugh. Not to say that the good, hardworking ones who busted their ass off, you know, aren't out there. But yeah. the majority of them, the, the world is being run by rich people. Mm-hmm. And we're all just, it's a rat race for the rest of us. Yeah. And so we're just a dollar sign above our head. Exactly. Which, funny, I guess, to lighten it up. In the TV show, the, the pub one, where I did crazy things in the background, every once in a while an episode would focus on me. And I had this idea, I think I talked about it when Devin was on, that 
in my episodes, you would always see a dollar sign over everybody's head. <laughs> and like my character, that's, yes. that's how my character viewed the world was like there's a dollar wow. sign, but it's never revealed what that dollar sign actually means. Yeah. Until like the last time we had like a focused episode on it, and it reveals that's the amount of money he would pay if you were kidnapped to like <laughs> get you back. So you know, some people's like I'd you know give money or something yeah. like that, or you know like. Oh, like that. That's and amazing. then, like, the closing, like, shot would have been him looking at the rest of his, like, crew, his, like, co workers. And it's like, literally says, like, infinite or anything in the world or something like yeah. that. Like, that. Like, so, like, this guy who doesn't give a shit about anybody actually does have something he cares about. It's I like, like that. It's like, nice, really cool, like, character rap moment. Yeah. But then I also had the, I had a whole idea for a reunion show mm-hmm. before I'd even thought of what the fucking show was. <laughs> and it was like, the pub was closed. Now it's reopening and they're bringing back the old crew. And it's like my character's like under a bridge and it looks like he's like living in a cardboard box and he's got like a fucking beard and he's like this homeless and he gets like a flyer. It shows the reopening and he gets up and he takes off the beard and he gets like in this really fancy car and just drives <laughs> like he just lives under the bridge because he feels like it. <laughs> Like, Love that. But he has like this super fancy car just like yeah. right there. He's just it's like, amazing. you know, just like this weird yeah. odd life he lives. Yeah. Like I had an idea of like for like three or four episodes, you see he has a black eye, but it's never addressed. And then it finally addresses that he thought it'd be a fun thing to walk around and punch people in the stomach just to see how it like, <laughs> like that weird, like, bah! yes. me and Aaron talked about doing that, like just walking around yeah. and seeing like, what it would it be like just to walk up to somebody and just go, bah! <laughs> like, <their> stomach, <laughs> I not uh, uh, I miss you guys. You always were just cr- crazy creative shenanigans mm-hmm. and like hypotheticals and playing out scenarios. Like it's just such a point of creativity that people mm-hmm. don't get in touch with enough. One thing that I love, one of the my favorite things I love that Aaron ever said was um, we were at Frankenstein's and he was like, nobody invited your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to people sometimes still because people are too like engaged with their phone to do all this fun, creative uh, hypotheticals. Yeah. Well, that's what I just saw. Um, I can't remember what the site's called. It's it's like in another satirical onion type of thing mm-hmm. where the headline is great. And it's like, um, it's like, uh, I think I can't remember if it's breaking, but it's like, um, sorry, just saw this says woman who hasn't pooped without phone for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, the, that's what my phone is. I'm the worst texter probably of all time. Like, it's just. You have to catch me while I'm actually looking at it. Yeah. And like, if I'm at work, I'll be looking at it because that is something I kind of work through. But it's at the same. If it's at home, like, good luck if you're catching. Me, yeah. Like, On the weekend, I throw my phone in a closet yeah. somewhere. I mean, I use it to play music if I if I'm not spinning records. Yeah. But it's like fuck that thing. I don't want it. Yeah. That's distraction like, machine. Yeah. It's meant to distract you. Like yeah. Steve Jobs wouldn't even let his kids have iPads. There's a reason, folks. Yeah. Because the government's watching you. That's uh, also true. They know everything we've said. Your our script ideas, they're gone. Yeah. They're on Netflix already. Well, that's, yeah, that's what that's my uh, theory as well, is that like uh, almost every T V show is now written by like computers and not because uh, it's like some AI of AI conversation. Yeah, the whole like yeah. it's like, oh we'll just you know, it, we don't have to pay writers. We that explains why the writing is trash. I know. That's like <laughs> I said, like shows have become so horrible. Or yeah. like, you know, when they're good ones, you actually meet the people who wrote it or yeah. you understand who wrote it or it's based on something. Yeah. And you like get these, like the Velma show I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if real people wrote this. I think they yeah. threw in ingredients and then they just made sure the names were right. And yeah. then that's the episode. I have a friend, former coworker, who's a graphic designer and he got really pr- depressed about AI creating art. Mm-hmm. He was like, what's the point of me anymore? Yeah. And I, I would like to believe that like, art and writing won't take that route that like humans will still be important to that to me because like there's so much to writing and uh art and all that stuff that is so inherent to soul 
Yes. And it's not predictive. And yeah, like uh, consciousness and stuff like that. Yeah, you can create a perfect picture, but is it does it speak to you in any way? Yeah. Probably not. Just because it's like, what's behind this? Yeah. There's no rough childhood this person went through when painting this house or yeah. something like that. It's like, you know, it's like when you look at art, like, you know, so many different people can interpret it a billion different ways. Mm -hmm. I don't know if an AI can do that. Yeah. So I don't know. They, I, can, they can do what they're told, right? Can yeah. They, can, and like, that's the power of the human brain is we can do really unexpected things mm -hmm. and ai is expected isn't it right in a way if yeah. we if we think about it now it probably write a incredibly catchy pop song like, <laughs> oh yeah yeah three five four one yeah you just, <laughs> yeah you just write that yeah, you or put, five four three one you make sure it just kind of rhymes and yeah maybe you do a key change which i actually just read an article not too long ago about how key changes in music have completely like died <gasps> and, like, they have yeah, i like, was talking in, like, about in popular recently. in like popular pop music like nobody does key changes they're ever. hard yeah they're really hard i see why people don't i was yeah. talking about um Leslie Gore's You Don't Own Me. Mm -hmm. And there's a really intense key change in this. And I was, and I used to try to sing it. And when you try to sing from key change, and it's like, people can't do it. Yeah. It's hard to do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what was the premise? Like, it was just like, talk about like, uh, it was just showing like graphs and all that stuff. Of like, you know, huh. the songs like through like 90s, 2000s that had like these key changes and like these popular songs. It's like now like, there's none like there's just like literally zero songs that do key changes that are wow. at least popular right yeah, yeah i didn't know that that makes wow that's yeah. that's wild and i think i don't know i don't know i have part of it is like you know bands aren't a thing anymore so mm -hmm. it's more of a individual effort music wise in terms of like what's popular and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that so it's like you don't have that person in the room who is the talent then mm -hmm. you have the person who's the face <laughs> like yep. you have that guy who's like you know this is how we'll switch it this is how you do it and like that and he can teach everyone it's like something like you don't have that cohesion as a band that you know we had through the 70s 80s 90s Ugh. even the 2000s a little bit yeah that like you know you had more talent in the room or somebody who can push you out of your own comfort zone because it's like this is what i want to do yeah we're a band or a group Jer jeremy's getting into recording he's learning he got like certified in pro, pro tools or logic or something oh, i don't yeah. know he's like really going down this path and so we were talking about all these things and he like wants me to record some stuff and he's like well i want you to do i'm like let me stop you there. I need to be easy, first of all, for me. But, <laughs> but then I started talking to him about the band and about how they had to record the band. Like, they had to all be playing in a room together because yep. they had to vibe off of each other. Like, AI is not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and anyone can do bedroom recordings and mm -hmm. record. I mean, I have a Spire. I love that little thing. I can record a drum track, a yeah. bass track. I can manufacture you a song in no time. Mm -hmm. But will that sound like a, a band experience? Right. Should a live experience sound like the album? Should the album, like, what should those things be? And I mm -hmm. think they should all be different experiences. Yeah. So um, I used to think it's like, you know, it's like the live should be better than the record. But then like, there's sometimes like, no, nah, it's like the record needs to be batters it always depends on song and always depends on mood always depends on yeah. these things that ai can't predict within yourself like within an actual yeah being. i think it's kind of like they can well they can predict how you might feel but mm -hmm. it's like you don't know it might be fucking raining outside yeah, that day yeah. and i just don't connect with that song that day yeah or it might be oh i just listened to a band that i like more than this and that's what i want to listen to instead i don't know yeah yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna capture the rain yeah no. ah They'll be like, well, sad songs are in minor chords, mm -hmm. so we'll do that. Yeah. Oh, sad songs. Sad, sad girl folk. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what I used to call what I play, sad girl folk. Sad girl folk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? That's uh, what's Camp Cope? Power, power emo? I can't remember what they call power it. Power emo. Yeah, I Camp like Cope's that. great. I watched them at Ace of Cups last year. Nice. They were fun. Australian. 
hairy women. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Like okay. the other one, unabashedly mustache, doesn't give nice. a shit. Yeah, and she can fucking sing. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell oh. yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. This has been fun. This has been fun. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm yeah. sorry I talk so much. Oh, it's okay. Usually, what's been my issue, I felt, when I listen, I always listen back, just make sure volume sounds good or mm-hmm. there's tweaks I need to make on the soundboard. Um my biggest issue has been I always feel like I'm always trying to get to what I want to say. If mm-hmm. like something pops in my head, I want to start. I can kind of hear it when I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get get to the end so I can start now. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know whether it's been that we have sat across the room when I've done these. Mm-hmm. That I'm a little bit closer here, it's a little bit more intimate, so it's like I can actually focus a little bit more mm-hmm. when you're talking instead of just like shut the fuck up. I need to talk now. This is excited. my podcast. I, this oh, is my podcast. It's like, I know I have a thing I, I need to say. Yeah, yeah. I have a thing I need to say. I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget. Yeah. I, I've had that moment a couple times where I'm like, Oh, I forgot a really good thing I was going to say. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been multiple times I'm like, Hey, let's go back to that thing. We talked about 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You got you to gotta full circle that thing. Yeah. But then I, one more thing. I think we also need to say that growing up Appalachian, we talked negatively in quite a few senses of it okay yeah i think not not overall negative of the appalachian experience but just maybe oh. a little bit of appalachian people or their oh, not super I hope negative not. i hope not yeah. because yeah i, I want to say like you know there's certain aspects of like growing up that way that make you so much better growing up that way than you know yeah growing up outskirts of columbus or something like that yeah. growing up appalachian makes you very much a hard working like oh yeah because you scrap for everything you have to you scrap get. for everything yeah. yeah yeah i hope that doesn't come across negative because yeah. i'm i love being appalachian i'm mm-hmm. very proud of it i've got a lot of family there i, su- mm-hmm. I support them i try to help them out yeah. um yeah, it's, it's not this big city folk looking down on you. It's not. Appalachians. No, no, I'm very much. I go there. I wear my um, coveralls and <laughs> got my knife on my side now. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's we're all humans. Mm-hmm. I think that's like that's what I care about is humanity connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that just more people need to connect with them and mm-hmm. treat them like humans. Like if I see someone if I go to the park today and there's someone there who they're clearly living there at the park which has literally happened last week i would say hello and mm-hmm. ask them if they want to pet my dog and mm-hmm. treat them like a fucking human yeah and i think that's the message that folks need to hear about appalachia or any any other community that you think is not as good as you dear privileged people mm-hmm. they're all fucking humans yeah. you've all been through shit we have all been through shit yeah some of us more than others. Some of us less than others. Just treat each other kind. Yeah. That all, I talk about that all the time. Yeah. Be fucking good to each other. Yeah. Be more kind. I, yeah. I played that for Frank Turner like yes. a few weeks ago. I'm like, it's just the simplest fucking thing. It's just, so simple. Costs you nothing. Yeah. That's why I was like, my, every goal, every interaction I have, my goal is to be the better person. Yeah. But not in like that, that, like I'm like a competition. More like if you're in, if you approach the conversation the same way I am mm-hmm. we're creating the best outcome for the both of us in that conversation yeah. or in that situation whatever it is is doing the best for everybody yeah. involved I don't know yeah being well intentioned whatever Karl yeah. Marx would be proud I guess yeah yeah <laughs> I love it yeah yeah oh but also Appalachian has great hills whereas Columbus uh, does not so wonderful I know every time I get to like it's about like that point of like right before Logan mm-hmm. I just feel like a wash mm-hmm. of like relief come over me because I'm like oh, finally yeah. I'm where I'm where I'm supposed to be in the hills this damn flat land and this wind mm-hmm. holy cow yeah, the wind's the wind. been insane it's been insane especially this year what well, we said it got wild and worked the other day oh the, the tor- tornado day yeah yeah well Pickaway County I guess got hit pretty hard oof, oof. oof. 
That's one of my fears is tornadoes. It's not my fear as it used to be. Mm. I used to be scared of volcanoes because I thought every hill was a volcano. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a very much. I watched Dante's Peak when I was like seven. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, the hill behind us. Coming, the, yeah, magma, the, the earth is opening. <laughs> yeah, the, Fuck. The hill behind us is going to blow. And yeah. Towards, and so, like, some of them it. maybe once were volcanoes, but yeah. I don't think they will be anytime soon. Yeah. Oh. I watched, did you watch the. I know we keep adding on, but whatever. Did you watch the uh, thing? The New Zealand volcano thing on Netflix. No, it's like when people were on the island when the volcano blew. Oh, it's I didn't like know a, that. It was like a small island off oh. the coast of New Zealand, uh, and people were on it when it blew. And it's oh, it's it's good. It's very good. I'll check it out. I really liked it, and you know, it's I'm also really about, into volcanoes right now. Yeah, and there was also in a point where it's like I was also super into Polynesian people and how they're like the fucking coolest people in the world. Yeah, everything is just like meh. You know, we'll just continue to do what we need to do. Yeah, and there and it's very communal. I don't know. I love polynesian people that's cool. but that's like part of it and it's just like um it was terrifying it's like because me being dumb brain for like a half a minute i'm like i mean if they got away from like and if there's a magma flow as long as they get away from that they'll be fine not thinking at all about pyroclastic flow being like just gases that are just torching your skin the yeah. entire time took me 36 i'm like pyroclastic flow you idiot <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what's the big deal i'm like oh duh yeah <laughs> yeah that stuff's so hot and just steaming you in from the inside out yeah like there was a part there's an american couple on there like he has like they've had to have all these skin grafts and like yeah. dozens of surgeries and there's only like one spot on his arm that is not burned and that's from where his wife was like holding his wrist Aww. yeah and like she was holding it so hard like that was the only part in his whole wrist and stuff wow. like that and like yeah it's like oh it was and, like, one part I hated, not, like, hated because it was bad, it was hated because of, we talked beauty standards and stuff mm-hmm. like that, is that she feels like, she feels, you know, she only has, like, she doesn't have that many bad, she doesn't have anything on her face, but she has, like, some stuff across her chin, and then, like, her hands are really burnt, and she feels, like, so self-conscious about it. I'm like, fuck that. Like, why? It's like, you have the most badass fucking story in the world. Yeah. Like, you are more unique than anybody else out there because of the way you look, and it's like, it's so fucking cool. The patriarchy has brainwashed yeah. us. The patriarchy. My thing is like just, it's just like, <laughs> it's not, I guess it would be patriarchy. Like just that inherent part yeah. of it. I was going to say like, you know, it's just inherent. Like we don't want to look different. We want to yeah. be. And stuff like that. It's like, no, it's like you're unique. You mm. are you. It's like there's yeah. like, nobody's going to be you ever now yeah. because of how you are now. Like What's interesting about beauty is that they did these studies. And so beauty is different in every single culture, like mm-hmm. what they think beauty is. And they did these studies where, they took all these images of chairs, for instance, and they had like ugly chairs, pretty chairs conventionally. And then they did a composite of all the chairs. Like mm-hmm. what did all of them look like as an average? And people chose that image every time. Mm-hmm. So beauty is actually the average mm-hmm. of every society. And there are always anomalies, but I thought that yeah. was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I want to say, as I casually said, like I'm into volcanoes right now. That's a really strange sentence to say. Yeah. Um, have you read N.K. Jemison's Broken Earth series? No. I think you'd really like it. It mm-hmm. talks a lot about like class structures and yeah. stuff. It's really fantastic. She wrote it in 2015, actually. And mm-hmm. I read an, an NPR review said it's like what science fiction is going to be like in the future, essentially. So if you like sci-fi and fantasy, yeah. that sort of thing, highly recommend. Hmm. think you'll dig it. What was it called again? Um, the series is called The Broken Earth Series. The okay. first book is the fifth season. Oh. And it deals with like volcanoes and futures oh, and yeah. end of the world kind of level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Volcanoes are wild because... They can literally end the planet. Yeah, they could. <laughs> and then it's like, there's nothing you can do about nothing it. Nothing you can do. Yeah. They're no. just, they're just there and they're going to eventually blow. Yep. Just that's like what, our sun. Yep. That's also, yeah. Like eventually earth's gone. Yeah. And that's the show. 
exactly (laughs) and like and like we are all just like specks of dust on this timeline of humanity but all these people think they're so important in this moment yeah like like they'll live on forever it's like yeah nobody nobody nowhere is going to live on forever yeah or you could try to like improve people's lives while they're here you can talk about afterlife or whatever but like in terms of your earthly your significance being yeah none of it will ever at a certain point no longer will matter it is finite yeah. it'll literally not be matter yeah ah science brandon <laughs> science pilot oh other than that i don't think anything else arose besides i watched a video about super volcanoes blowing up that was fun mm. but that's like ten, they talk about the uh, yellowstone one They're like mm. it's probably like ten thousand years away yeah like, did you see because when you start thinking like the cosmic scale and like geogra- geological time it's like yeah oh the odds of us being around for it is so <laughs> unbelievably minuscule but they're talking about like trying to figure out how to funnel that energy somewhere else yeah yeah oh my I God, that was interesting i'm like uh i don't know if we should ever fuck with yeah because they might the cause it to erupt like that's yeah, a big like, risk dudes yeah that's like uh whenever if you don't know anything about science whenever they talk about the hydrogen collider in cern it's like oh it could create many black holes I'm like what happens if those black holes just suck up the whole earth yeah and why would like, we do that it's like we prepared for that like we like you know we mm-hmm. understand that that they won't happen like we're scientists for a fucking reason <laughs> like mm-hmm. like that's what uh issue with like internet stuff people automatically thinks they're experts the oh uh, dunning kruger thing it's yeah. like then you get to the people who are experts and like no this is why you're an idiot yeah. and then they can explain it. it's like yep. this is why this won't happen yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like happen. oh because they use words you don't understand because like me you're also an idiot <laughs> you realize <laughs> like oh they like some people like me realize, oh, that's why they get paid what they do, or that's why they do what they do. They know things I don't. Other people's like, well, they're just gatekeeping. It's like, yeah, they gatekeep through like eight years of school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like hours upon hours upon hours of research where you did like a 10 minute YouTube video. Yeah. From some guy who is, I hate Hillary as his handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's probably got an objective point of view. The ghost is here. Oh! The record was spinning the whole time. That's pretty cool. I just thought it was a ghost. Your ghost was like, wow. That was terrifying. That was scary. All right. Well, with that, I think with the ghost appearances, I think we should wrap up the show. Thank you so much for coming on, Casey. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. You're more than welcome to come on anytime you want. Yeah. I told Devin that if you ever you ever listen and you hear me say something that you either don't agree with or want to talk about <laughs> i can just invite you to be perfect the next episode of my game perfect yeah. and you can say you're so stupid this is what that really means yeah i mean i used to yell a lot when i was drunk and now i just give people really ridiculous ted talks slash yeah. soapboxes of you know all the philosophy and then you have to sit through it and that's yeah. a new form of punishment yeah we're all here for it <laughs> thank you i but appreciate it not a problem thank you once again casey um i will be back sunday ladies and gentlemen with uh three songs of the week i'll have the last of us latest episode i should have a lost rewatch and i'll probably have some more bullshit about everything else you know what that's like thank you so much for listening understanding all the fun stuff like share subscribe support wherever podcasts are available once again thank you to historical woman casey smith for coming on the show <laughs> Have a great rest of your week.